Joe. <laughs> and last time, we discussed the first two rounds of the Dark Tournament, and with Karam and he and Hiei taking on the first two members of Team Chiguro. Karam managed to kill Karasu, but thanks to classic tournament corruption, he lost the match. Hiei leveled the playing field, along with the stadium and the ring, Ooh. when he won <laughs> against Bui. Now it's up to Kuwavara to take on... Um, the team Yermeshi one step closer to victory as he faces off against Elder Tagoro. Will he win? Who knows? Tune in to find out. Also, after we talk about that, we're going to be talking a little bit about the voice actors behind the show. Mm-hmm. You better get ready. So, episode 59, um, The Shadow of Elder Tagoro, or in the Japanese, The Elder, The Eerie Shadow of Tagoro the Elder. That's actually pretty good. Like, that's yeah. a pretty straightforward, like, translation. Usually yeah. they're kind of weird. The Spanish like... one was straight up, The Strange Shadow of Tuguro the Elder. Oh, wow. <laughs> Is there not a word for eerie? Or, like, does it mean um, Spanish? So, so strange in Spanish tends to be not only, like, strange as in, like, sort of different, but also, like, spooky-ish. Mm. Yeah. They thought it should be a spooky shadow of <laughs> <laughs> So you know how there's a simple English Wikipedia? Yeah. Which is, like, the English one, but they, like, toned, toned down, like, some of the, like, Latin phrases that are used. Oh, I didn't know that, actually. Yeah, so I'm imagining if, like, there was the spoopy English dub of Yu Hawk Show. <laughs> yes. It, uh, yes. The, the fucking simple English dub of Yu Hawk Show would be the spoopy shadow of Elder Tagoro. Or the spoopy shadow of the big buff dude's younger, older brother. All right. So, that made it easier. So in this episode, the synopsis is, after hearing of Genkai's death, Kubar strikes Tagoro with the trial sword and splits the demon in half. The arena watches in horror as the evil Tagoro rises from the floor unharmed. So, yeah. So the uh, episode starts with the show actually acknowledging that Hiei fucking destroyed the stadium and the ring. And this is the first time they've acknowledged it, even though I'm 99% sure this has happened like eight times. Yeah, I think it's a, it was an important plot point, mm-hmm. or at least to the story, that's why they had to acknowledge it. Because they did a lot, do a lot of pan shots of like, yeah, like a huge chunk of this side of the tournament was out, and then like the actual stadium, yeah. like the ring itself was just literally pieces. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they like they they mention the murder of the crowd, but like it all fills back in. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, just like you know the the Hitler ogre who like Hitler. Paul Blart Mall Cop, who yeah. is outside, he just like lets more people in. You know at clubs, like how like when four people leave, they're like, well, four more people can go in. Four people died, so I guess four, four more people, people can go in. But he has to, I guess it's a it's an interesting numbers game because he's also like, but how many seats disappeared too? I have to think about whether they died and their seats are gone, or they just died, or if their seats were gone because they dodged it. So he's actually a very smart dude. Yeah. In addition to being a genocidal madman. Anyway, so anyways, um, so the rings destroy, the stadium's demolished, and he is just passed out. Um, Yusuke's kind of making like a big stink about it, saying like, "Well, what the hell are we supposed to do now?" And Kuwabar's like, "Chill out, dude. It's gonna be fine. We're just gonna kick 
to grow's um, ass and go home. Everything will be back to normal. But then he gets like the willies, and there's like this. Like, <laughs> I love like, like the willies. Because <laughs> it like suddenly like, the skin gets dark, and there's like kind of like that red flash, and you can see from like across the ring, Elder Tagoro is like making eyes at Kuwara, and he's like, "Oh my god, I don't know if he's in my mind or he's just trying to intimidate me." I got a question about this. Mm-hmm. Was this supposed to be actual telepathy, as one theory? Was this supposed to be just, like, the Japanese concept of bloodlust, which, you know, is, yeah. like, in everything? Or is this supposed to be, like, that weird, inexplicable, inexplicable like, Kuwabara is, like, a hyper-empath, so he can, like, feel other people's feelings towards him? Ooh. I think it's a little bit of uh, maybe the latter, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, just because Kuwabara is, like, a... he's. I think it's, like, with Kuwar, he's a hyper-empath, but he doesn't always quite know what he's feeling. Like, he, he oh, feels it, but he's he doesn't He's a 14-year-old quite... boy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Going through puberty. Got it. <laughs> um, yeah, and I think also, like, in general, at least how Yu Hakusho is, this happens often when they're facing against an enemy. Usually there's that, at least every uh, once in a while, be like, he, um, like, Yusuke sensed it with Tagoro, and Tagoro's like just watching from afar. That like, oh yeah, Tutu! it's like that sound like Tutu! and it's like kind of sounds like chimes or something. And then there's that like thing where like Yusuke's like, oh. and then like there's a zoom out fast action to like one of the Tagoro brothers. So maybe it's a Tagoro thing. It's uh, it's like that meme where it's just like, oh, you know, shonen villains watching the main character to like see that they're getting stronger, and it's just this like one like it's this one black dude like in a trench coat just standing on a balcony looking at another guy. <laughs> it's that shit. Yeah, I think it's just common though, and like uh, really any at least I notice this more specifically in in animes when it's like the enemy, it's like the protagonist will some has some sort of like supernatural sense of the enemy mm-hmm. and whether and usually it comes in the form of like the heebie jeebies as like and spidey sense and the spidey sense yeah, yeah it's like yeah, it's, it's like a sense. it's like a warning sense and i like how they usually visualize it by usually having it all dark and kind of like a lightning like kind of like a lightning effect yeah. mm. they zoom in the eyes a little yeah. Yeah. It's like oh intense yeah like usually it's for rivals but it also comes out with like nemesis as well yeah, yeah. yeah. elder shiguro is cool bar's nemesis in the dark tournament i i have a question so this is gonna sound really goofy especially with someone especially as someone who like normally really cares about evidence-based science but do you guys believe that there's like some ability for humans to tell that someone is watching them Oh, like a real, like, you mean, like, real life? Real life, yeah. Uh, maybe. I mean... I ask because, like, this is very anecdotal, uh, but, like, when I'm staring at someone from afar who has not turned my direction, they very regularly turn my direction, mm. and I'm wondering if... We you, can, oh, sorry. Oh, you're good, you're good. I was gonna say, I'm wondering if anyone's done a double blind, double blind study about something like this, because I wonder if there are just, like, subconscious clues that are being put off, like, just the slightest amount of sound. Yeah. That they can tell that I'm there. Yeah. But, like, because I don't think either of us consciously acknowledged that I was looking. Right. And so I wonder, like, have you guys ever noticed a phenomenon like this yeah. before? Oh, I mean, oh, like, oh, the, everyone's like, oh, so oh yeah, like, like when someone's you're, watching Like, you know, you're walking down the hallway and you're, fa- you're just, you're just facing, um, like, you're not looking at anything in particular, but someone's walking the opposite direction as you, and suddenly, like, 
your eyes meet, but they don't need to meet, and then there's that awkward moment tension. That, like, so <laughs> I think that's actually something different, but oh. related, because no. I do think I, I I have to ask a cognitive scientist about this, <laughs> but I feel there are adaptations where humans register people's eye movements like subconsciously oh. and try to meet them. Right. I do think that's a thing, but I'll have to look that up. Maybe we can get a cognitive scientist on the show, the most relevant <laughs> discipline to yeah. the study of you, Hawk Show. But you're referring to, like, if there was no, no prior eye acknowledgement of, like, a yes. person you know around them do? until they, like, feel eyes on them. Shown in science, y'all. We can have you stand facing away from us, and we'll all look at you or you. not. And you have to tell us if we're looking at you or not. No, but is that what I'm testing, or am I testing your presence? In which case, we need to either have you there, or cardboard cutouts custom-made of all of us. <laughs> we gotta, like... We really gotta test this, guys. Okay, anyways, now that we've gone off on the worst tangent, my fault, um... Yeah, so, uh, you know, Koto says they're going to uh, be a delay to repair the arena because, again, the show is full on for one's acknowledging shit's broken. So, uh, George, you know, to fill up the sort of uh, gap here of time, decides to offer it to work as Koto's assistant, which Koto's not exactly happy with. Um, how did she acknowledge this in English? Because in the Spanish one, she's just like, oh, you know, I don't know if I really want amateurs oh. to be my assistant. She stuff said, like, that. like I don't want to get demoted even farther. Oh, okay. That's great. I, 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 I thought there was a difference, and I'm glad there was. So, George starts singing a song, which in the Spanish version was, I, 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 I'm not making this up. This is legitimately what he started singing. It sounds kind of racist, but this is legit what happened. <laughs> they translated um, themselves. It's all good. <laughs> yeah, what did he start singing in English? Was it like a started singing. I just remember him just trying to like basically giving him his like resume. Oh. Like he was saying, "Yes, team, you're match. You will definitely win." And then people were booing. He's like, "No team to grow definitely has a chance." Blah blah. <laughs> yeah. I'm impartial. I'm completely <laughs> neutral in this situation. Yeah, right I'm not gonna say anything. Like we're good. So uh, you know, while this is happening, Elder Taguro mysteriously appears on Team Yurameshi's side. Um, you know, and no one knows how the fuck he got there, which is actually foreshadowing of what happens during the fight mm -hmm. uh, in a weird way that oh, I never, I never, I never picked up on that, that until yeah. to, until I watched it yesterday. Um, I honestly just thought it was basically like a... They, He's stealthy? Yeah, well, yeah. No, no, like, they kind of forgot to place him in the first shot. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I I wonder if my picking up on this was prompted by something that was said in the Spanish version, which was like, how did you get here type thing? Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering if it made me realize, like, oh, this discontinuity of action implies well, powers they, that he shows later. They seem pretty surprised they do. When, he, when he spoke up, so I feel like he did just kind of show up out yeah. of nowhere. Mm -hmm. And the way that, if I remember how the shot of that scene was mm -hmm. it was interesting because it's like an aerial view and you see the backs of pretty much everyone including elder to mm -hmm. and he kind of stands out because he's right in the middle of like the circle yeah. of team yarmeshi yeah. like so, oh sorry so it kind of implies like there's no way they should have been surprised that yeah. he's there but they were so this is another one of those instances that Patrick pointed out where we're only given the viewpoint of the camera as opposed to what mm -hmm. the audience sees because the audience would have clearly seen something like Wait, why is Elder Taguro melting yeah. on the other side of the arena, and why is he just showing up over here? Yeah, because he isn't super... Well, he might be fast, but like he's not like the speedy type. He's the speed he's of the, flesh. Yeah, he's the melty type. <laughs> he's the luscious chocolate. That's my new favorite Pokemon type. It's weak against uh, Flyswatter. One that name is so lame in English. Here's my fly 
just water. Yeah. Oh my god. But um. So anyway, we'll we'll get to that later. But uh. So they go to the locker room where uh, he is sleeping on a cot while the others like sit there thinking about their upcoming match. And uh, you know, Kurobaro, nervous, asks, "Where's Genkai?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and no one gives him like a straight answer. And I like Juan was like, eh, "You're just nervous." And Kurobaro's like, "No, I'm not. Why don't you fight instead?" And Juan was like, "Hell no! <laughs> if I fight, it's instant. It's an instant lose." And he like fl- he like flips his cape up and shows his uh Kuenatron five thousand. <laughs> The the jet the jetpack, um, but yes, Shizuru comes like the the you know girl group comes and Shizuru comes to talk shit to her brother you know like ha 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 yeah you know this will be just like always but like Kuwabara's like very obviously like in a cold sweat and she's like oh fuck mm-hmm. like she's not used to seeing her brother like this even like when he was involved in like really dangerous street fights with dudes with knives and shit like that, um and so you know Yukina being <laughs> what's up. Dangerous street fighters. It was like knives. Well, but that was at the time where he was of a power level where it's just like, this knife is dangerous. As opposed to this man with... Fire cannons coming out of his hand. Or this man with razor sharp dick fingers. (laughs) Salad fingers. Yes. We'll get to salad fingers later. Um, But yeah, you know, uh, so Yukina brings something that looks suspiciously like Lipovitan, which is an energy drink. And, uh, you know, to offer to Kuwabara. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I did not watch this episode in English, but doesn't Kuwabara say something like, I don't need beverages like that? <laughs> oh, <laughs> I yeah. actually made it out of that. So, it's funny, because Yuhita in the English show refer, like, actually explicitly refers to it as crush. So, kind of like a, like, crush, um, <laughs> like the soda. orange soda. Oh. And then Kuwabara, how he responds to that, sounds like he's talking about alcohol. He's yeah. like, oh, I don't need that stuff to have have a good time. <laughs> and if I did, I drink responsibly. Yeah, that's what he what said. The fuck? He said I drink responsibly. And I was like, soda, not beer yet. Do you think the, the like, Funimation did this on purpose to just highlight how stupid shit like this is? Because <laughs> I it seems, they did. I think they know their shit. And yeah. so they're, I'm just imagining they're like, yo, you remember that time four kids did that shit? What if we just clown on four kids? Fuck those guys. This is their version of like the donut. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> like those donut eating motherfuckers. Wait, was four but this was before that. No, no four kids that. was four kids did Pokemon and that was like ninety eight. Mm-hmm. Did they do Pokemon? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Funimation um, the English stuff for Yaksha came out like early 2000. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, a couple of years. So yeah, yeah, they, yeah they, they could exactly. totally react to, to like terrible localization decisions. <laughs> um. So yeah, they hear a rumbling outside, and uh, you know they rush outside to figure out like why the fuck this I don't know thing that goes with a, a, a like does the rhythm go like? Yeah, it's like it literally like a huge stomping sounds. Yeah, like um, someone's doing a farmer's walk with like really heavy weights wait, or something. What's a farmer's walk? Uh, that's, so you stand up straight, you hold weights in two hands, like, you know, like a hundred pounds each or something, and then you just walk. It's Mm -hmm. like, honestly, there, there's, it's much more of a cardio exercise, frankly, for like people who are like big rather than, um, a general like cardio exercise. Yeah. Yeah. And like, it's also like good for like wrist strength. But, like, people are like, oh, yeah, that must be great for your legs. It's like, not really, because, like, yeah. the... Yeah, y'all should look it up. Look up Farmer's Walk. <laughs> it's not fun. <laughs> I, not... I like it. Oh, you like it? Well, that's because I, oh. like, grip strength is, like, one of the few things that, like, I have pretty above average strength on. See, like, when I did it a lot, 
I have a week of grip strength. I mean, oh, that's okay. why I did it, so I could yeah. practice it. But I was like, God, my hands are so sweaty. <laughs> like, I'm going to drop these on my foot or someone oh, okay, else's foot. Yeah. There's also sometimes specialized equipment for it yeah. so that you won't drop stuff on your on your feet. Like, so, they have a cage that goes around you. Oh. I have a... I think I know what you're talking about now. Because, like, it's like a... Hexagonal it looks like cage. a yeah, yeah, like, yeah. A, you say cage, I'm thinking like a literal like <laughs> yeah. dog cage. Okay, it's a hexagonal like <laughs> device. Like yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like this, I can't tell if this is better or worse. <laughs> oh, but um, so back to the the stepping. Turns out it's Elder Taguro carrying the fucking ring from the other stadium to there. Um, so this is a really cool visual. I think it emphasizes how strong Taguro is. Is it just me, or does Rock not have the strength to weight ratio for this to make sense? No, it doesn't. Because these rocks would have crushed each other, and like it would have just fallen apart. Like Tagore would be fine, but he'd be like, "Fuck!" Like, like he just be covered in dust. Yeah. <laughs> so it must be me, and it is something else. Or maybe or it's they not, just didn't think about. It. No, I don't. It's think a it's cool visual. Shown in, shown in physics, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like the only stuff that has like strength to weight ratio where this would make sense is metal. Like, mm -hmm. rock cannot do this. <laughs> Although, I bet some material scientists, because we have the most educated audience in the world, yeah. will, like, hit us up and be like, mm, well, let me tell you about something I developed recently in the lab. <laughs> but yes, y'all get the idea. Not, yeah, it's not that big. Yeah, I, I, if they developed in the was lab... Was it marble? Was it a marble slate? Like, you know what? <laughs> ivory, they killed so many elephants for this ring. It was really bad. <laughs> ivory tusks? Oh, God. Oh, God. I yeah. think they are demons, so, like... <laughs> Okay, can't rule out anything. Maybe they killed... So you know how later in the series, Sakyo refers to having seen monsters as large as shopping malls in yeah. Demon World? Maybe it's the tusk of one of the... None of this is true. It's stone. Um, <laughs> so, we know the material. Yes. It is It is covered. Um, but Hiei wakes, uh, you know, wakes looking out of one eye. Did anyone else think, like, oh yeah, it's one eye because it's supposed to be the Jagan? Yeah, but then that's what I thought, Notice too. the orientation of it, which is, like, clearly the slant of a human eye, and yeah. then you're like... That's not the Jagan. Why did you use one eye for this? This is a <laughs> yeah. terrible idea. I was like, wait a second, because I thought it'd be, I thought it'd be like the Jagan eye, and then his other two eyes popping up, like maybe a close up of his face. That would have been cool. Yeah, they didn't do that. No, <laughs> they think it was more like you know how sometimes, at least I've seen in cartoons, like people wake up with one eye open and then wake up with the second eye, kind of like remember. Sleeping Beauty. Wakes up gracefully. <laughs> Sleeping Beauty. I can just I picture one like, eye twitching and she yeah. wakes up like, oh, oh god. Oh fuck! <laughs> I've shit my eye. What do you guys call the stuff that gets like? What do you call the eye gunk that you wake up with? I'm I'm curious. Uh, kalangot. Okay. <laughs> That's one thing I was thinking of. Does that have a literal meaning or is that just it? Booger. I've always called it like a uh, moat, moat, or kalangot. Holy shit! Did you say moat? Moat. Is that not a word? No, no. That is a word. The reason I said holy shit is because that's like old English. Oh, is it really? Yeah, moat means the tiniest speckle of dust oh, in I'm... old English. So, and like, so, um, for, there's a, there's a, um, I think there's like a, uh, this like idea of someone created, reconstructed, if you were to read Germanify English and called it Anglish, and they wrote a scientific paper in it, uh, to talk about, well, they translated a modern scientific paper, translating all the romance, uh, words into English, and as part of it, I think it's called like Uncleftish Beholding, uh, the, the name of the the name of the paper. The reason I bring it up is to refer to atoms. He refers to motes mm -hmm. because motes are the most indivisible parts of something, aka the exact definition of atom. 
Yeah. And so I'm just very surprised to have heard the word moat in any context <laughs> yeah. besides, yeah. My mom, from copies in the Philippines, that's what she uh-huh. used. She has used Kalangot or moat. That's yeah. so weird. And the copies is a very small, like, province within a smaller province, like, off on the, like, west side in the Visayas. Yeah, that's very, like, that's interesting to me. It's a very, yeah, so that's, that's what she calls eye boogers. Yeah, my mom calls them morning stars, which... That's cute! It's cute! That's cute! So when I told uh, my ex-girlfriend this, uh, who's Chinese, she's like, the Chinese word literally translates to eye booger. Uh, I mean, that's oh, a lot yeah. for it, too. It's like, eye discharge would be, like, I guess, the yeah. technical medical term for it. Call it it's a whole bunch of nasty well, stuff. What do Americans usually call it? Eye boogers? Uh, crusties. crusties. Oh, crusty. That's a terrible word. Oh, that's a, that's <laughs> terrible. Bad. I hate that. I hate it. Thanks. I hate it. Oh my god. Uh, okay. Uh, anyway, he made himself with maybe or maybe not having crusties in his eye. <laughs> he would have crusties. Um, but yeah, so he asked like, like, how long have I been out? And then uh, Kurama says five hours, and he's like, oh, did we win? Did we win? And he's like. <laughs> It was five hours in Spanish. What did it say? In... Six hours in the English dub. Maybe he said like five to six or something like that. I, I forget. I wasn't listening super close. Um, but yeah, so uh, Karama explains like, nah, dog, uh, you know, the, you fucked up the, the, the stadium, you idiot. Uh, so like Toguro decided to carry it on his back and uh, he is like, what? <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, Kuwabara now laments that Genkai is not there. Uh, and like, you know, but then he just basically shows him, he's like, the next fighter is you. Don't fucking chicken out, <laughs> yeah. you dick. Yeah, um, Kovara's like, wow, he's already, in the English job, Kovara's like, wow, he's awake? Ginkai must be really sick. And like, he oh, is yeah. basically like, pull, it's time for to pull your weight, Kovara. Yeah, the Spanish dub is not nearly as, uh, effusive with the amount these two did, like, dunk on each other. Mm-hmm. Um, then Kurama, like, secretly goes, like, goes to Yusuke and whispers, you should probably tell Kuwabara about Genkai, and Yusuke's just, like, this is quiet, he's fine, he looks like, he just looks conflicted, but then before Yusuke can even say anything, they get cut off, and they, um, yeah, because then they approach the center of the ring, and, like, Jiri starts the fight, and everything, and, like, Kuwabara, he's, like, he has his, like, new sword and everything, and he, like, chart, you know, instead of just glowing yellow like he usually does when he's about to summon his spirit sword, he gets all rainbow, and it's, like, <laughs> it's all rainbow. <laughs> yeah, because he's, he has the trial sword, which was mm-hmm. given to him by Suzuki earlier, um, before you the start of the beautiful. final round. Oh, the beautiful Suzuki. It's so bad. Otherwise, a card's gonna show up out of nowhere and you'll die. Okay. <laughs> so... So it basically amplified his power tenfold, and everyone notices. Because everyone, even before the match starts, they're basically clowning him, being like, oh, just make it a good one, Elder Shiguro. And Kuwa's like, everyone's underestimating me. I like, how you, I like how your guys' impressions of, like, Kuwabara are very different, but both, like, get to the point of, like, yeah, he's kind of an idiot, but we love him. <laughs> Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So, this next this next thing was only, like, was said in Spanish. I do not know if it has a parallel in English. I think the English parallel might be slightly different. But uh, Kurama says that Kuwabara's recovery ability has improved. 
And so he's able to use the sword without, like, dying. What did they... Did, in English, did they just say, he's stronger now, so he can use the sword, or some shit like that? Mm-hmm. I can't remember specifically. I can't remember um, Kurama says that both his offense and his defense are stronger. Yeah, I do... Re- okay, I remember that now. I think that is a much better line than what was said in Spanish. Mm-hmm. And I'm assuming the Spanish was probably the same as the Japanese there. Yeah. Um, as it often is. Yeah, Kurama even says, at least in the English job, that Kuwabara might have a chance because of that. Because, like... It's a um, oh, yeah. to grow isn't expecting it. Yeah, yeah. That's a much better, mm-hmm. much more explanatory line for what happens. Yeah, and then um, so like Kubar is then charging to to grow and. Um, Elder Tugrow is just standing there entire time, but you do notice some cracks in the ground. Kubara obviously does not, so as, as the audience does. Did, and then, when you guys first saw this, did you expect what was going to happen, or were you just like, "Huh, wonder what those ground cracks are"? I forgot, actually forgot this entire. I thought so it, I, didn't, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't notice. Yeah, them. I didn't notice it either. <laughs> I knew something was going to happen, but I didn't remember because I remember the battle before because I watched. Like, a lot of us watched the show already, so I didn't notice things could happen so soon, what we're going to talk about soon with the Happens Kuwabara. Yeah, but I was, with the ground cracking, I was like, okay, this he's some kind of surprise. Yeah. <laughs> it's a surprise. Yeah. It's a pickle surprise. Oh. I mean, so, yeah. Um, basically, Kuwabara manages to slice through a good chunk of Elder to Girl from, like, the shoulder all the way to, like... His belly button, and it's really gross because you can see all the stringy tendons and muscly things. I got a question here. Did any of you ever do kendo or kenjutsu? Uh, Yes. The reason I ask is I know that there are specific angles you're supposed to cut a human being in kendo because of where where the joints in samurai armor were. Is that one of the places? Yeah. Because I it is sort of a weird angle otherwise. I'm not an expert. I did, like, one class, and I always watched this, like, these two siblings would always do it, and they were, like, the only two people ever in that class. Mm-hmm. But, like, the most of their movement was up and down. Oh, okay. And, like, yeah. slightly angled, but, like, like... Not enough. None, none of their movement was, like, this weird, like, sideways sword yeah. stuff. It's mostly, it was, like, mostly up and down or, like... Um, I'm doing this and we're not being like video recorded. <laughs> so just imagine her doing mostly vertical movement and then criticizing horizontal movement. Boop. Yeah. Um, they did this, but not this, and then woo! So, audience, uh, homework, you all can look into whether that's one of the traditional angles of Kenjutsu, but uh, it may or may not be. <laughs> so, Taguro is cut in half, but he seems completely unfazed. Like, his face is completely stoic. There's no like, agonized screaming um, from his end. So, while it looks like Kubara has technically won, even Kubara doesn't really believe it himself. Actually, Whoa. one of my favorite lines from the English dub, he's like, as soon as it happens, he's like, oh, wow, I guess I really got you. Sorry about that. <laughs> Hashtag good guy, Kubara. And then, uh, everyone's like, oh, Jury's like, oh, I guess Kubara's won, and they start the 10 count. Yeah. I would be mad all that. Oh, okay. Never yeah. Mind. Keep going. Keep going. I'll get mad later. <laughs> and just about as she's starting to count, suddenly the Kuwabara gets stabbed from behind. <laughs> like, well, like five puncture rooms show up, and it turns out to be Elder Tagoro's freaking salad fingers coming from the ground. <laughs> Hashtag razor sharp dick fingers. <laughs> and just basically skewering him. Mm. And, 
And everyone's just shook. I was shook. I didn't. I totally forgot I'm about saying. this. I was like, oh, it's over? Like, this doesn't seem right, but whatever. Jury count it. Like, yeah. yeah. I didn't think it happened that soon in the battle. I knew Kuvara was going to get stabby-stabby, but I thought it'd be, like, maybe midway, you know, after, like, a lot of, like, struggle. But no, it was, like, right then and there, like, boop. And it was like, boop, 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 boop. Because it's, like, five or something. Yeah, it's his entire hand. And so everyone's pretty confused about what's going on because it seems like Tegro should have been dead. And it's revealed that he like, basically slithers his way up from the ground. And it turns out the Tegro that Kuba sliced the dice was actually a clone. Um, well, like it was a part of him. Part of him. It was like he. So when it, it when it gets shrunk oh, back down to normal side, it's like uh, it's like his pinky. Yeah. And so he effectively stretched the skin and flesh of his pinky so yeah. hard that it filled the volume of a normal human being and then put the rest of his flesh through the ground. <laughs> Yo, sick strat, bro. That's uh, gross as hell. He's just a gross individual. He's probably one of the grossest characters on this list. And like... Yeah, it's just nasty. Like, his powers. So what I love it. Not only can he <laughs> make, like, basically, um, like, decoys of himself mm-hmm. through other parts of his body. He can also move his vital organs around. So yeah. if ever someone wants to try and kill him, it'll be almost near impossible to because he can move his vitals to avoid any attack. And, and it's gross as hell how it does oh, it because you yeah. clearly show the or- the organ moving through his body. It's like, oh, that's yeah. that's great. Yeah, it's, it's not a pretty image. Um, if he has sex, like, do you think... You don't want to know about how he has sex. <laughs> Oh man, just fill it up all the way. Uh, <laughs> so, oh Jesus! Uh, did you guys ever watch Batman Beyond? Yes. Yeah. Okay. The reason I ask is, do you remember Ink? Yes. Okay. I'm not going to lie. When Ink like started kissing Terry in the middle of their fight, and then just putting her body inside Terry, I'm like, that's hot as hell. But then I'm also like, oh, he's also drowning. That's hot as hell. Oh my God. That's the weirdest thing I've ever had to drink off to. Actually, that reminds me of a lot. Oh my God. The, the English dub did the most with these, epi- with these episodes. Yeah, I agree. Because Grow, when he's explaining his powers, how like one of the... Um, let me try and see if I can find so it. so creepy. Well, while she's looking that up, I'll just mention that uh, Koto's announcing and George is like, Oh, you know, uh, maybe he has a like maybe he has a twin brother, and then Koto's just like, <laughs> yeah. well, all our records say that's not true, but go ahead. Maybe a triplet. Yeah, okay. well, I found the line. So when he explained how his powers work and how he can move his organs around, he's like, mm, makes me makes entering me very complicated. <laughs> Can we talk about how, like, Toguro, Elder Toguro is my favorite pansexual weirdo? Is he pansexual? I'm just guessing that based on what she just said. It's like, if you want to peg me, you're going to have to capture my anus. It's like, whoa! Like, I just pictured it moving around. Oh my god. <laughs> Step right up. Step right up. See if you can peg me in the asshole. All right, y'all, uh, audience, you have a fan fiction to write? Uh, tag at, you, at the Yuhawk Show on Twitter if you want. Uh, please don't ever write this. Animate it instead. Please write. Oh, oh, live action, please. Thank you. I need a cosplay. Okay. Wait, live action. 
Can we talk about how how no, it will no be to do this? We made an inflatable <laughs> flesh bag. It's a practical effect. We hired John Carpenter of the thing uh, for him. Or the human centipede. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so Taguro continues to just act all crazy by talking smack about Genkai and lays a truth bomb on Kuwabara saying that, hey, Genkai, she's dead. Everyone else has been lying to you the entire time. It's the it's fucked up. Man. Yeah, it's also like a case of like villains monologuing way too long and unnecessarily. Oh, yeah. Like I know it like needed to happen for the plot, but it was like one of those things. Like why? why I think villain? this one's sort of earned because like he clearly emotionally disturbed Kuwabara, so Kuwabara would stop moving. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's true. Yeah, like I do think there are times where monologuing New Show has no reason for happening, <laughs> uh, but I think this is one time where like Kuwabara like had this building feeling of being like, you know, envious of the others and sort of, like, incompetent and then, like, this feeling that, like, everyone treats him like he's, like, a fucking idiot yeah. and, like, not yeah. reliable when That's he true. is super reliable even if he is actually probably kind yeah. of an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, 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 oh, I think Turgoro can kind of sense that Kurobara not only has Aoi on his mind, but he's also in a position where his enemy is, like, near, like, impossible to beat, impossible right. to kill. So he just kind of wants to rub it in, rub it in his face yeah. and put him through more like emotional distress than he's already going through. Like, yeah. save this kid. He's only 14. Jesus. Yeah. I always forget he's 14. He looks yeah. like he could be like That 30. sounds like a rapist. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say like, so, so Megan, like, you know, doing like wrestling and stuff, you probably met dudes who were 14 who were like pretty fucking huge. Yes. Though, right? Yeah. Absolutely. So I, I know people who had his stature. It's uncommon, probably especially yeah. in Japan in the nineties, but it can happen. Yeah. It is true. There was one time I had to wrestle, um, because you brought up wrestling, I I was the worst in my weight class, because there was two other guys in my weight class, so they bumped me up, t- max amount of weight classes, so two different weight classes, so I was 119, I was 116, 116 pounds, um, I was in the 145 weight class, mm-hmm. I think, and this dude was, he looked like a bulldog, he was like really huh? big up top, for, like he was a senior, I was a sophomore, like, oh god. I was varsity for some reason. <laughs> just got my ass. I started laughing as soon as we came like face to face because he was so big. I just started laughing and I was like, "Coach, what the fuck am I gonna do here? <laughs> what the fuck am I gonna do here?" I've definitely i've I've been there in situations where it's just like, "Okay, so we're gonna go for the takedown." You know, it's just like, "No, I'm pulling guard because this isn't happening." Um, for anyone who doesn't know, pulling guard is effectively saying like, "Oh yeah, I'm kind of not forfeiting the takedown game, but I'm like." taking a mulligan on it and yeah. just sort of pulling them down to the ground with me on my back. Yeah, it's a neutral position in jiu-jitsu. Yeah. You basically wrap your legs around them and hold on tight. He then, he then requests you to find his anus. It's... Oh, God. Find my anus. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Oh, oh, my God. Um, so, Kulavara is understandably um, betrayed by this revelation. Like, he looks over at Yusuke... Um, so it's kind of like, he doesn't really believe what Takura is saying, but as soon as, like, since Yusuke can't meet his eyes, it kind of, the realization real. starts to set in. Um, and Takura is just laughing maniacally and is like, hey, now you can soon rest near Genkai and stabs him. Yeah. Like, in the chest, kind of? Kind of. Near. He says something like, like, one more time, they'll be able to hit you in the heart. Yeah, like, it okay. was like a circle around, like, all his fingers were around his heart. Yeah. So, 
I think I did that in the English version to make this part make more sense. Because in Japanese and Spanish, it just happens and isn't commented on. Mm. It's just like, I stab you in the chest, I guess. Ha ha. Yeah. Like, <laughs> we're not, you don't die yet. <laughs> How are you not dead? Yeah. Yeah. So I inferred, I, I misremembered that the, uh, his spirit energy being higher uh, thing protecting him from death happened now. Oh. But okay. I misremembered that. That's not what happened. Uh, I just had that in the notes because I, I screwed that up. But, um, you know, Toguro, part of his monologuing to be a fucking dick because he's a sadist, uh, decides to make a flesh puppet of young Genkai in his right hand. Which, let's be honest, he's probably made a flesh puppet of young Genkai a couple times. Yeah. The way he was talking in the English job. Yep. My God. Yeah. Like, he was so creepy. He's definitely made a flesh fleshlight at some point oh my god i'm sure of it's his brother and of genkai sometimes he fucks his brother sometimes he fucks genkai (laughs) this is a pretty useful talent this this guy so yeah he kind of makes it like a very mocking fairy tale um like story about basically genkai and Togro's past and he talks about, oh, there are two fighters who wanted to be the best and they fell in love and the, causing the man to forget, almost forget his brother. This, <laughs> like how he inserts himself yeah. in the story. <laughs> this English version is so much better really? than yeah, in Spanish it? and Japanese where he's just like, yeah, uh, two people were like buddies and in love and then one of them got old and uh, like she would die. And then, like, Tagoro is just like, like, you know, he's like, like, younger yeah. Tagoro's like, like but in the English version, full on fairy tale yeah, shit, yeah. like you were talking like, about. He essentially uses the story to, like, make, like, really creepy moments oh, comments God. about Genkai, but yeah. also demonize her, ironically. I know. I know. <laughs> so it's like, Yokanize oh, her. Yokanize her. Yeah, he's so he's like, trashing her reputation. He's like, oh, she got old and ugly and the younger Tugur- old is the biggest tragedy <laughs> yeah, <in life. laughs> and then the younger Turguro he became a demon and kept his youth and she got jealous and that's why they fought to the death and <laughs> that's some, like really... he calls her a whore at one point yeah. Yeah. Was dumb. I was like this is unnecessary and then he keeps going he's just like you don't even want to know what they did behind closed doors I'm jealous you missed Megan doing this side to side head thing that I so wish Toguro had actually done. <laughs> oh my god. Mm, like his hair just sort of like jiggling on his head too. Oh god. It's the, like his greasy, gross ass hair. Um, but, but I was going to say, yeah, the English version is so good on this because like, you know, people talk about like good writing often implies like a whole world on the margins of like what's being shown on screen. Mm-hmm. The English dub does that to a T. Like it implies like, you know, the forgetting his older brother, you know, that, yeah. that thing. Like I was just like, yo, that implies like a level of family drama that had to have predated the existence mm-hmm. of Genkai in their lives. Meaning there had to have been some stuff with their parents or like they were orphans. I'm like, that's cool as hell. Totally missing from the Spanish and Japanese version. Oh. Also, they don't mention like he doesn't he doesn't insert himself in the story. It's yeah. just a random. It's like... just he's just like yeah. Let me tell you about these two people going out oh. and it going badly. <laughs> yeah, like I that's why I like this. Like oh, so it implies so much about like because you don't really see too much about younger like elder Turguro. You don't go into like his explicit backstory, mm-hmm. but with that one line, you can kind of tell just. Who, what is past me, and like his relationships yeah. with both Tagura, young his brother, and Genkai, yeah. and how it kind of shapes him as he yeah. is right now, yeah, and how he's treating like he basically Genkai's memory, um, 
memory and his and her students. Yeah. It makes more sense too cuz like if he like if you can infer that like he's jealous of that or he was jealous of that situation, it makes more sense than just like let's tell you a story about yeah. Genkai and my yeah. brother. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it makes it much more malicious yeah. um that he's like telling this to Kuwabara. Mm-hmm. Who isn't even like the main impre- apprentice that he refers to the entire? So he just knows that Ku- that Genkai meant something to Kuwabara. Yeah. He's just a sadistic motherfucker. Yeah. So I feel the Japanese characterization is he's like a detached psychopath, oh. while like the English characterization is like no, he's fully invested. Yeah, he's in, so like, petty, being fucking insane. Yeah. I think the detached psychopath, at least in the English dub, is um Saki. Is that Saki? Saki and yeah. Karasu. Yeah. Yeah. Oh wait, wait. Which is the one with Scar? Saki. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, Saki was definitely the more like detached, like, oh yeah, you're a yeah. psycho. <laughs> yeah. We'll get into that. Um I I was going to say one one last thing on that. Um when uh younger Toguro called into the ring, like he he said in English he just says like brother or something like yeah, that. Yeah, he just says Okay, that. and in, in Spanish he says like, you know, like hermano. Like, but I'm wondering I'm wondering if in Japanese he said like Kyodai or Aniki. Because the reason I'm making this distinction is they both mean brother, but one means older brother. Mm-hmm. And is normally a respectful thing. Yeah. I wonder if younger Toguro refers to elder Toguro as Aniki because, like, I don't think he has much respect for the guy. No. And so I wonder straight up which was used. Like, we could, I probably should have, like, watched that again just to find out. Isn't yeah. Aniki older brother? It is older brother. Oh, but, okay. Like, yeah, but I feel like he would not have said, you know, because it is respectful. Mm-hmm. I think he oh, might have just said, ch- like, ch- yeah, like, mm-hmm. yeah, I think he might have just said Kyodai. That makes sense. Yeah. Wait, Kyodai doesn't imply age or anything, right? It's just straight up my my yeah. siblings or sibling. I can't remember what Kyodai means. Like, haha is mom, but like you refer to your own mother as haha, so it's disrespectful. Like when you're talking to other people. Oh, okay. So when okay. you're talking to other people, you use a specific word. Yeah. Versus the one when you're talking to your actual brother. And I oh, okay. Don't actually know. Okay, well, just know that there's. A yeah. possibility that there could have been an honorific denotation of the nature of the relationship, which would explain a lot regarding the way they treat each other. Because, frankly, pretty shitty how they treat each other. And notice how Elder Toguro is only in one flashback involving Younger Toguro <laughs> ever. So yeah. that implies to me a situation of like maybe Elder Toguro is a lot older, but like they're both very well preserved because they're demons now. And, like, maybe he was gone from the family for a long time before he came back to form their dark tournament team 50 years ago. Yeah. There's also, um... Oh, my God. I'm blanking out. Never mind. I also wonder if it's just younger Tagaro doesn't like elder Tagaro's personality and just feels naturally estranged from him mm-hmm. until the point that they fought into the tournament. Yeah. Like, he just right. doesn't have any fond memories of this dude. I mean, who would, honestly? <laughs> yeah, I'd like yeah. to, um, I'd like to definitely, I, this is why I really want a Yuhawk Show prequel series about yeah. the Dark Tournament 50 years ago. I say that sometimes in the Yuhawk Show Facebook group, and, like, people kind of, like, dismiss it. Like, they don't, like, call it a stupid idea. I just don't think people understand, like, that there's a lot you could get from this. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, they think it's just Toguro and Genkai, when I'm like, no, it's also, like, Toguro's own inner world and stuff yeah. like that. That could be fun. Yeah, they go into that. There's a lot of lore to you, Hawk Show, that doesn't get, get explored. explored. Yeah, because mm. like it's like later revealed about Tugura, the Tuguro brothers' true natures and yeah. like how that came to be. And it's I just like, about that. I don't yeah. Oh, it's great. I love and you're it. Just like 
Because I first thought, wait, they've always been this, right? And then you realize, no, they haven't. And you're just like, whoa. But they don't go too in detail about it. The weird thing is that Elder Turturro's human self looks the same as his demon self, while younger Turturro's does not. Right, because... Yeah. He's just always a little nasty looking dude. He's a little having nasty pa- man. Having power did not change that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Basically, um, as like um, older two girls like shit talking and being, making really inappropriate comments about Genkai, younger two girls like, Rrr. he's like, he starts like, he starts getting mad. Yeah. Mad so like your brother's. Your brother's kind of an idiot, right? Or something like that? Yeah. yeah. And then younger two girls like, tell Sakio, like, this is just a bad habit of his brother's. It's like a really him. bad habit. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's the worst habit, actually. I, yeah. I don't know if I express how much I dislike <laughs> yeah. this. So there's a point where Kubara gets especially pissed. In the English dub, it's because young, older two girl just has to call Genkai a whore mentor or something like that. And like, is that one word? Is that one word? Because that's a great one word. You're yeah. a whore mentor. You're a whore mentor. He says something like that. Gosh. At the strip and, club. Oh, you're my whore mentor. Yeah, and Welcome. then like Kulvar starts glowing gold, and instead of forming a sword, his spirit energy dissipates into like all these shards, and like basically. Oh, wait, wait, no. Oh, wait. When I meant That's it dissipates, the... I meant the gl- glowing aura just sort of oh, disappears. Yeah, I, I, I noted the gold thing just yeah. because gold aura means something later in this series, and I'm wondering oh. if that has something to do with his mental state. It's all kind of related. So basically what happens is, like, as soon as, like, younger, as Elder Trigger is kind of done with his taunting, he kind of goes in for a finishing blow on Kuwabara. Mm-hmm. So instead of doing, like, the normal, like, separated, like, finger attack, he kind of lumps them all together into, like, one big... Salad finger. <laughs> it's like a drill-shaped salad yeah, finger. It's like a salad finger. <laughs> and then he tries to stab Kuwabara in the chest through the heart, um, but his attack doesn't go through because Kuwabara's spear energy has essentially yeah. like created a, a like a a force field that prevents him from getting hurt by the flesh drill. By the yeah. flesh drill. <laughs> and then the Kuwabara, instead of forming like his usual spirit sword, his spirit energy like, basically bursts out into billions of spear blades and basically cuts um, Elder Trigger into pieces. It's like the shot... It's like he saw Yusuke's shotgun and was like, what if I did that with razor blades? Yeah. <laughs> it's sick as hell, dog. He's drawing it on a trapper kit because he's 14. It's like, check this shit out. Like, there's the Stussy S there as well. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Is that what that's called? I've, I've heard it called that. The Mysterious S. Yeah, the Mysterious S. I always thought that was the White Sox thing, and then later when I grew older, I looked up the White Sox thing, I'm like, that's not at all the same mess. <laughs> I thought it was a paperclip. I thought we were drawing paperclips as a child. I mean, <laughs> I didn't see why. They would, when you open a paperclip up, it does look like that. So, you make it into a nose. You can make yeah. <laughs> so it looks like Elder Chagurro's out for the count, and um, he looks pretty dead, and jury starts to do the countdown. Um, with George um, doing some pro commentary about how <laughs> it's like pro uh, Yorameshi like, team yeah, pro commentary, Yorameshi, which makes the audience um, really mad. Um, Kubara is like pretty much done. He's about to step off the ring when Tagoro starts 
basically pulling his body together. Like, they do, like, a real slow-mo. It's very nasty. It's, like, tendons are connecting back to, like, the main parts of his body. <laughs> yeah, it's it's, it's great. <laughs> it's we use different crazy. adjectives there. <laughs> um, I also like, I don't know if this was said in English, but in Spanish, and therefore I assume Japanese, he said, actually, it's easier to kill you now, Kubar, now that you wasted that energy doing nothing. Yeah, and he's like, he keeps on taunting about how he, he keeps on bragging about how he can move his organs around. Like, if there's one thing that I noticed throughout these two episodes, he's always bringing that up, which is fine. Like, I get why they do it for a plot, but it's like, dude, you already said it five times. Like, it they're felt, not going to forget it. We get it. Like, it why felt, would you no, announce it? It felt very video gamey. It's yeah. just like the guy's like, Oh, but I better cover this big red glowing spot. Ooh. Yeah, so so he's pretty confident he's going to win again. And he basically um, goes and um, stabs Kuwabara in his arms and his legs and starts lifting him up in the air and flinging him all all around. Like Rinku did, but he's like stabbed this time. So he's like like high school biology class uh, fetal pig. Uh, shit going on. That is the least coherent thing I've ever said. Wait, wait, what? A fetal pig? Did you guys not have to dissect fetal pigs? Uh, oh, I guess I frogs. Actually, yes, I did do, um, uh, yeah. We dissected the entire cast of Star Fox. Uh, okay, a fetal pig or frog makes more sense. My biology teacher had cats oh, in no, plastic bro. bags Jesus. sitting in the hot Arizona summer from like until the very end of the year and we take them out of the cabinets which we've known they've been there the whole time and had to open the embalming fluid oh it God. was the worst I'm really glad that you went to high school in Saw <laughs> uh, that's, gross. that's gross so what did you guys think of the episode now that we have dead cats on the brain uh, this episode was a trip it was emotional it was weird <laughs> I love that it does exposition, but in a way that makes sense in the world. Yeah. It's just like, I'm a fucking psychopath. Check out this puppet show. I want to fuck my brother's ex-girlfriend who's an old lady now. Oh, it's wait, dead. she's dead. It, it, <laughs> it, like, it definitely showed... I think it was good because like, Kulabar has always mentioned low-key that, like, yeah, I feel like I'm getting underestimated a lot. Mm-hmm. And then there's been like... Things like even in some comments, like yeah, like Yusuke I think says, yeah, Kulvar, you're not really, you haven't really proved yourself really, or not like a little bit in the tournament. Like so, it's like stuff like that, and so I guess this is like a really good challenge for Kulvar because not only does he have to like try to defeat someone who he, I think everyone, including himself, knows is physically stronger than Kulvara. But now the emotional side with, like, the news, yeah. it's, like, another added conflict to what Kovar is already insecure about, about, you know, being mm-hmm. underestimated by everyone, including his teammates. It's fucked up. <laughs> it's, like, um, yeah, and then everything was, like, oh, like, two girls, like, fucking messed up. And you're just, like... I love it. You're just, like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, every time he opens his mouth, I'm just, like... This is a kid. I don't. I honestly don't remember the very. Impl- it wasn't even implied. It was the implicit. 
gay guy fucked younger to girl talk like that. So there, like the version shown on Toonami was edited. So oh. unless you saw the Adult Swim cut, it oh, was, never. It was edited. So he wasn't saying like I want a piece of that snack too or something like <laughs> Straight that. Up, he could have said that, and I would have been like, "Yep, break me off a piece of that Kit Kat bar, brother." If you know what I'm saying, I want to fuck her. If you know what I'm saying. Ah, I yeah. like how we went from elder to girl to slowly turning to a lounge singer who smokes too much. Yeah. The B.R.O.s. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I'm sorry. If, I, I just want to have like one last thought yeah. on the episode. If anyone else has more, go for it first. Uh, oh, uh, no, go. I have so I read I read a YouTube comment. <laughs> I wonder where this is going. It's like use the N word, but otherwise it's very interesting. Otherwise it's great. Um, no, so the YouTube comment was basically like when you realize his clothes regenerate. Oh that yeah. Means, that means his like <laughs> that means his clothes were his skin and he was naked the whole time. <laughs> oh, okay, so when he makes that 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 explains a lot because when he makes the Genkai puppet, she's also wearing clothes. <laughs> And he made hair out of flesh, too, which means he has absurd transmutation abilities. It's like, well, you know, chemically, I can make chitin using, like, he's, like, thinking about it. He's like, man, this is really advanced. Why didn't I become a chemist? What am I doing with my life? <laughs> oh, that's so good. I was like, oh, oh shit, man. that's true, though. Oh, dude, is that his dick flesh? Yeah. Just like, shit like that. It's like, oh, no. No, he actually used his ass flesh for that. <laughs> Like, it's like yeah. a skin graft, but like a clothing graft. Oh my god. Uh, have, you, have you guys ever watched Upright Citizens Brigade? No. It's, it's a great sketch comedy show from the late 90s, early 2000s. They're also a famous improv group uh, in like LA and New York. Um, the reason I bring them up is there's a skit they do where someone asks his older brother, who's like a successful businessman, for business tips. He's like, you really want the secret? And after convincing him for two minutes, he's like, the secret is I stick... $20 of pennies up my ass every day. And then he's like, wait, what? And he's like, you don't understand. I then recirculate those pennies. I, I spend them. I spend those ass pennies. He's like, now I know. He, he, he talks about how fast they circulate and like how they go through communities. And he's like, I know that everyone I've ever shaken hands with has touched my ass pennies. No! He's like, I have the biggest confidence boost on the planet because I know they've touched my ass pennies. Oh, he's like, God. you know the, that change you give your daughter for her to buy gum? Ass pennies. And like, so I'm just imagining Elder Tagoro is like, yeah, my ass clothing. Everyone who's ever shaken my hand, ass clothing. Anyone who's landed a punch. Yeah. Ass, ass clothing. Oh. It's a sick psychological strat I have going on. That wasn't the note I wanted to make. What the fuck was the note I wanted to make? It was... Oh. Oh, yeah. So something that was interesting is, like... This isn't, like, a Hunter Hunter spoiler, but it is an interesting thing. So there's an analogous character in Hunter Hunter to Kuwabara named Leorio, who... Yeah, um, Leorio. Yeah, yeah. Leorio is awesome. He's also 14 and does not no, look he's, it. No, he's 20. Nope. I'm 99% no, sure... No, remember? Like, they're like, I thought you were 20. Because he's like, I'm just like you. I'm a kid, too. And they're all like, no... You're you're an adult. And he's like, no, I'm like 15. I'm, I might have misread it, but I thought it was Kurapika saying you're much older than us, and Kurapika's like 16. And I thought he said something like, no, I'm just a bit older than you. I'm like 20. No, he said like, no, I'm like your age. Yeah, maybe. And then everyone thought he was 20. I might be. Yeah, I might be misremembering it. But the reason I bring it up is he's also sort of the weak, the weakest of the crew. But, like, one contrast between him and Kuwabara is that he, one, acknowledges it, two, doesn't feel bad about it, and three, he's like, yeah, it's because I'm focusing on med school, you assholes. 
I like how that's his excuse too. I have med school to worry about. He's like, he's like, yeah. I mean, I guess I could go around the world trying to do some of this adventure shit, but med school. <laughs> so preview for Kuhura. Um But uh... yeah, so episode sixty, Sakio's proposal slash explosion of anger, Kuwabara's counterattack. Notice the very different tone for those two. Um, if I were to wager a guess as to why these are very different in tone, I feel the English version wanted to emphasize this is a turning point for the, like, you know, results of, like, the overall, like, final round. While the Japanese one is probably just named exactly as the manga one was. Yeah. And it, it's just like, well, he wasn't exactly sure how he was going to resolve the uh, issue of the uh, substitute characters. So, explosion of anger. <laughs> So, basically, the synopsis of the episode is, before Yusuke's grudge match with the younger Taguro can begin, the intrigue at Team Taguro culminates in a shocking proposal from Sakyo, and an even more shocking response from Gonma. Which really jumps ahead on what this episode is about, but we're actually going to go with the start of the episode. (laughs) I wrote something that I can't, I'm not sure... There's two things I could say. What? Um, the first note, I don't know what the fuck I was trying to say, but it says Kuwabara's on Guro Gentai. And I can't tell if that's supposed to be, I think it's supposed to be Kuwabara's own Guro Hentai or Kuwabara's own Guro Genkai. I, I have no idea. <laughs> What's Guro? I mean, I kind of got what you were. Okay, so basically, the episode, it like restarts again with, um, well, we last left off in Kuwabara's fight against Elder Turguro. Don't look at Guro. Where he is um, basically being like flung around the, the arena by um, Elder Turguro, who has him basically like. Megan, look at Don't look it up. Oh, yeah. She's- no idea what the fuck that was. Yeah, now you know. Oh god. Sad. I mean, it is very on point to actually what is somewhat happening here. I mean, if there was anyone that would describe what girl Elder is, Trigger girl would be that guy. It, it would be Elder Trigger girl. Yeah, it would Trigger. be girl. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, well, like, anyway. Well, I don't think that's on purpose. <laughs> so, anyway, he's kind of flinging him around in, um, I guess at some point, um, uh, Kuwabara, um, he flings him fir- first, um, base first to the ground, and Juri starts to do the count. Um, but Kuwabara's like, no, stop, I want to play with him some more. And taunts about how he, again, cannot be beaten or killed because he can move around his vitals, organs all over his body wherever he wants. He then like, illustrates <laughs> this. Like... <laughs> Take a shot every time he mentions and brags about this power. <laughs> so. he, uh, he illustrates it by making his hand disappear out of his eye socket, flow through his body, and then come out of his thumb. Uh. So he's just staring at Kuwabara through his thumb. And then he's like, you know what, fuck it. And then he just takes his head and puts it through his torso, and then it comes out his right <laughs> arm, and he's like, check this shit out, <laughs> dog! And it's just so gross. And Kuwabara... He may be down, but he's not out yet. So he's so like, hey, I'm going to beat you eventually. And which kind of um, just annoys Elder Trigoro, who's like, you know, I'm fine, starting to find your voice irritating. So I was going to play with you some more, but I'm just going to take you out now. Or maybe I'll cut out your tongue. And he turns his free hand into a scalpel. And he's really good at the transmutation. Yeah, he's just, he's Let super me emphasize good. this like, shit. It's 
impressive how good he is at this. And he, in the English dub, he keeps on like cracking these jokes where he's like, oh, my mom wanted me to become a surgeon. Yeah. And then... <laughs> I missed that in the Spanish oh, one because really? it's not in the Spanish oh, version. Goddamn, so that's English so great. And so he says so many good things in the English dub. We actually kind of refer to a lot in our past commentary. I just didn't want to say anything because I want to save it till now. He also talked about how he regretted skipping a dissection day during biology class, which <laughs> I guess demons had. Well, I mean, he was a human. He was yeah, a he human. Was, oh, yeah, he was a human. But wait, he would have been a teenager in, like, the 30s. Did they so, have uh, readily available frogs? Yeah, I was going to say, so, like, you know, Depression-era Japan high school. We need to look into whether they did dissections at his huh. non-mixed-gender school, because it definitely didn't have women. Well, I feel like <laughs> women weren't allowed to be outside. <laughs> He's an old racist man. The way that the English dub localized it um, was localized. It was kind of assuming that maybe everything started in like early 2000s versus early 90s. So it would have been post World War II, <laughs> 1940s Japan. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, plenty of dead bodies lying around. He's like, my mother, who, you know, had tremendous respect for the people who died of radiation uh, sickness after the bombings, wanted me to be a doctor. And now I'm going to cut out your fucking tongue! <laughs> <laughs> I was just gonna say, whatever, I just, I kept on, like, hearing that. It's like, oh, there's no subtle Asian traits. <laughs> so, subtle Asian traits, for those who have not been swept up in the phenomena is a Facebook group uh, where 99% of the young Asian people you probably know are in it, um, if you are not amongst that group. I said I 99%. Not. I, well, I am the 1%. She is the 1%. Well, I am the I'm going to add you right now. So, <laughs> I kept on thinking about adding so Megan, but I'm like, huh. It's, there's a lot of jokes about like the Asian um, diaspora experience, whether their parents being like super hard on them about what they want to do with their life, and it, this whole post about, like, oh, Wanted to become a doctor, but I skipped hooky in high school. Like, that sounds like an Asian subtle treat post. That's, yeah. That's all I had to say about that. And then I, I mean, grew up my hair really greasy, and <laughs> my brother started taking steroids. <laughs> I wanted to fuck his girlfriend. <laughs> Still kind of do. I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if she became a, a... That could be someone's life. So, what happens after that is he's about to... Go in for the kill, but Kurara manages to summon the trial sword using his energy and uses it to cut up um, Elder Chiguro into multiple pieces again, which I found really cool. I didn't realize Kurara had that power. He didn't used to. <laughs> it, it showed up in this round, and yeah. I like it. I'm not complaining. I'm not like saying like, oh, total ass pull, dog. Um, because, like, you know, Kuwabara, with his high spirit sense, it makes sense if anyone was able to improvise this power, it'd be him. Yeah, I mean, and now it's, like, think about, maybe it's kind of what, what the beautiful Suzuki was talking about, how <laughs> the, the trial sword would cuss, uh, would kind of adapt itself to the user's yeah. unique spirit energy, so maybe that's what happened there. I think that's part of it, but do you remember in the fight with Rinku how... Kuwabara became able to project the spirit sword and make it bend. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if the early training for that, this is all guessing, uh, like, was his ability to project his spirit energy huh. in, like, a curving line and then make it into physical form. Huh. So this is probably actually less difficult than what he did against Rin Rinku. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's a good point. Hmm. I didn't think about that. So, yeah. 
So Chikoro starts pulling himself together. Um, booking smug. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, the moment I re- like the moment she said it, I was like, I didn't phrase, I didn't phrase that very well, did I? Pull himself together. I have a bad day. Yeah, he's like, you know, sometimes you just get cut. Uh, your brother gets angry at you, yelling at you from outside the ring. But you just gotta pick yourself up and you know get back out there. Pull yourself together. Much more sad than he actually is in the anime because in the anime he's just looking really smug, and I'm like, this motherfucker is about to brag about his goddamn power once again. <laughs> you know, you can hear it coming before yeah. it happens. He's like, gotta just pull yourself together because, as you know, I can't be killed because <laughs> I can pull myself together. My <laughs> organs, they can move. Watch out. Great um, solution to this. He basically <laughs> turns his uh, his spirit sword into a giant ass fly swatter. <laughs> so okay, in the in the uh, Latin American version, I think uh, jury or someone someone commenting is like, "Oh, es un arma muy extraña." Like that's a very strange weapon, and that they never see fly swatter. Thank God. <laughs> well, in. Um, in the English show, Koto refers to it as a tennis racket. And oh, how yeah. now, um, Tagoro's about to become a tennis ball. And Tagoro's actually pretty freaked out. Like, he looks generally, like, scared <laughs> oh, about that oh, development. And then Kurobar is like, I know you can move your pieces, your body all around, so I'm just gonna smash it all at once. Your <laughs> blocks water. And yeah, he basically just completely. Um, destroys Elder Tagoro. Yeah, like, there is nothing left. Nothing yeah. left. They show the, the spot where he was, and there's some vague stains, basically. <laughs> vague like, stains. Vague stains, you know, like Elder Tagoro likes to leave. Oh, uh, <laughs> oh, oh, I got another. Oh, man, I should have oh, it no. earlier. So there's another great line <laughs> before Kuwabar does the final, his finishing attack. He's like, Well, while we're sharing here, my mother wanted me to come and exterminate her. Oh, yeah. So it's time to make her proud of me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just imagining, like, so, I mean, kind of spoiler y. Maybe go forward just like a minute uh, from here. But, like, when, you know, he's talking about, like, what he wanted to be in the future, I'm wondering if he's, like, you know, Elder Tugaro did have a point. I should become a doctor. <laughs> That's a good point. It's, like, I could move people's organs around and make them impossible to kill. Wow. Really good idea, Kuwabara. You know, sometimes you find inspiration in the least likely places. That's true. Yeah. I'll perform plastic surgery on someone's hand to make it into a person. Just replace the person. It's fine. So, <laughs> wins. Everyone's cheering him on. Yeah. And Kurumara doesn't look all too happy about his his um victory. And he approaches Yusuke, freaking decks him in the face, and he's like yelling at him for like, oh, I can't believe you kept the secret from me. Leaving you told me everyone the dark. but me. Yeah, like playing me like a fool. Um, and Kurama's like, hey, dude, Yusuke didn't actually tell any of us either. We found out on our own. And Yusuke is, like, trying to explain himself about how Genkai died in his arms. And he didn't want to actually say it out loud because it would actually make it seem real. Sad. Yeah. That's, like, the realest, like... Yeah, it's really sad. Sad. And he's like, yeah, now I realize it was my mistake. I feel like I know better now that in order to actually move on, you have to acknowledge that um, 
that she's gone and that honor her memory, but I'm not going to apologize about how I dealt with it the only way I could. I'm like, uh... That English line's so good. Because yeah. in, in the Spanish and Japanese, he, he just mentions, you know, died in the arms, and if I mentioned it, it would make it real. But he doesn't mention the, like, I only handled it the only way I fucking yeah. could. Yeah. Like, he apologizes, like, hey, I'm sorry that you felt like we tricked you, but... This is the only way that I knew how to deal with it. Sorry, not sorry. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> is this sorry, not sorry? I know. It is but it's like the like, realest one. Yeah, yeah, it's the realest one. Like, you feel for Yusuke. Like, he obviously is in, like, the moral wrong, but you understand, like, why he did it. Like, he's an emotionally constipated 14-year-old who literally <laughs> saw his <laughs> grandmother figure killed in front of him. Yeah. yeah, he is a <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Basically, after this, Yusuke just, like, walks up to the ring for the final match, and Kobara tells him to win. That's some very uh, Japanese manly, like, teenager shit. Yeah. So just like, yeah, hang in there, man. Yeah. Like, I, I forget if in Japanese if he says, like, ganbare or something like that, but, like, yeah, in, in Spanish and English, he just says, win this one for us, dog. <laughs> dog. Uh, bro. Bro, so, younger to grow, before he gets up on stage, there's, like, um mini break and then Sakio's like wait girl let me talk to them let me get up here and give me the mic yeah what is it in- don't play something bad yeah, or, like- what's that fucking meme you better not play something awful or the give me the ox oh yeah um what does he what does Sakio say in the Latin American version uh he just you know like long story short he's like hey I want the following match to count for two points uh so that you know whoever wins will get at least the necessary three-fifths in order to win the final round. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think in the English, it's said a lot better, so go for it. Uh, in the English version, he's like, um, basically, um, I, whoever win, like, the stakes of if, like, whoever wins would be a life. And so if Team Yurameshi wins, it'll be my life um, that is, like, my life ends, basically. So that's yeah. the stake. And so obviously then, like, He's like, obviously this only works if um, the owner, Team Yurameshi, agrees to this along with the committee. And so Koenma's like, yeah, it's fine. And then Yusuke's like, are you sure? He's like, well, Yusuke, if you don't yeah. win, I'm pretty fucking screwed. Because <laughs> <laughs> anyway. what Saki essentially wanted to happen is the last, last match would be Toguro versus Yusuke. So in mm-hmm. order to um, deal with, like, Sakio and Kona being the alternates is just completely take them out of the equation yeah. by putting them their lives on the line. Yeah. Um, so whoever loses, um, the the team owner will forfeit his life, and the winning team will get an additional two points. Yeah. There's and, actually. Oh, sorry. Oh no! I mean, I guess I was emphasizing like um, Sakio goes on this spiel saying that he's like he's here for the he's a man of the people, and the people want. A glorious ending, like the stars of the tournament to fight each other, and those stars. He's very pro wrestlery. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I, I was gonna say he actually has a functional reason for doing this, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, that like is interesting. Mm-hmm. He, as you know, is a betting man, and he's trying to get the maximum amount of bets for his team in order to profit the most. So he has the mm-hmm. easiest time of opening that tunnel to the demon world. So like his reasoning for doing this is pretty much like this puts the stakes real fucking high mm-hmm. on the real mm-hmm. match. Get your asses to the betting windows. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense yeah. too. Yeah. 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 Something that's interesting that I only thought of during this watch that I had never thought of before. 
you know how he told the tournament committee who he then killed the reason he was doing this? Like, they're like, I want to open up a tu tunnel to Demon World. None of the heroes know this, right? Yeah, no, no. So why would Koenma think that he's screwed if they fail? It's just more like, hey, we're going to have a really rich dude here now. <laughs> I feel like because maybe they just um, know that whatever the ultimate wish is for the team, it's not going to be a good one. Yeah, and it just occurred to me, I guess later in the series it is revealed that the Black Black Hub, which Sakio was part of, in like a decade ago, a literal decade ago, opened a small tunnel to Demon World. And so he's probably like, with that money, they could do that forever. Ah, yeah. that's a good point. Yeah. yeah. So, oh. Yeah, so basically, she, from the stands, you can see um, Shizuru looks pretty upset um, about this um, development. She gets up and says that she's going to... Well, in English, she says she's going to place a bet in the... Is it in another... In the Latin American version, she's like, I need to use the restroom. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So she, but she goes in and actually is kind of like looking around for Sakio. Um, and it cuts to Sakio talking to Chikoro about um, like the whole final round and how Chikoro's like, you know, I don't understand who's making the decisions when you have the committee killed. Like, it's I, like I'm pretty sure uh, you had me kill them. Yeah, you had me kill them. <laughs> But did I really? <laughs> they shouldn't. Then they shouldn't take much convincing. He <laughs> forgot. He's like, oh yeah, but uh. so Sakio then launches into like, let me tell you my upbringing. Like, so in the in the U.S. version, there's a reason he does it. Like, he kind of like explains why he would want to explain this right now. But in Spanish and Japanese, he just starts doing it for no reason. He's like, yeah, I had pretty. Like, let me just say the Spanish and Japanese one. Then we can get to the English one, which is actually well written. In the Spanish one, he's just like, hey, I had normal parents, come from a working class family, I hated them all, uh, my brother's got white collar jobs, uh, and then, you know, when I was young, I decided to torture animals for fun, after three years, I started dissecting humans, uh, then I joined the underworld for power and money. That is broadly what he says in the U.S. version, but the U.S. version is slightly different, more poetic, and has like a more cohesive narrative. You've obviously watched the episode, so I won't say the whole thing, but I want to highlight some specific things he says. So, uh, he mentions that his parents never had any money, but that they were very loving, and he's saying that he fucking hated this, and that he hated that his brothers kind of, like, stayed with this, and that, quote-unquote, if I had their lives, I would kill myself. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, holy fuck! Um, so he mentions, like, working in the pet shop, but he adds some, like, working in the pet shop where he was, like, you know, dissecting animals, but he makes it especially, well, I mean, he doesn't mention dissecting humans, so in some ways they actually tone it down. Yeah. But he mentions a little sadistic game he plays where he's like, I made a game where I would cut out things' heart and see how long I could keep them alive. Yeah. I'm assuming by doing some sort of weird primitive surgery where he would just try to, like, put vessels together and he shit. He was just doing CPR, like, yeah. shaking his hand. <laughs> you actually see him crying. He's like, oh, you'll make it, buddy! Um, just, like, you know, fucking doing mouth-to-mouth -mouth on a bird. <laughs> just weird shit like that. Um... But uh, after that, he says, I love this line, but in time, we all grow more mature and realize there is more to life than blood, guts, and minimum wage. I realize I could translate my teenage obsessions into cold, hard cash, and there was no turning back. I fucking love that line. Um, and so the reason that he gives for why he's giving this speech in the English version is, you know... When you bet your life, uh, when you bet your life, it really makes you think about. It really makes you think back on it, and like so, he's just kind of thinking out loud. Yeah. And uh, Tagoro even asks, like, you know, like, 
why are you telling me this? <laughs> well, why? I think it's like also he was kind of talking about like how he made all his money was through gambling mm-hmm. and how he got a thrill out of it. And what is the biggest bet that you can make other than your own life? Yeah. Uh, so he says, so you wager your life on the victory of your prize fighter. Funny. I feel just like I did when I played my first hand of cards in a friend's basement. I, I love that because the English version humanizes Sakyo. And I'm not saying that makes him good. I'm saying humanize in the way of makes him like any human being, but obviously fucking terrible. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I hate when people are like, humanization means that you're making the person look good. It's like, no. That means you have a very high opinion of humans. If you don't, humanization can mean very interesting things. It just makes him more, less of a caricature and, like, a mysterious figure and someone, like, more understandable. Because you can all understand feelings of feeling out of place, not liking, like, the environment around or the people you grew up with and wanting to have something more exciting. He was ashamed of his family, in fact. He was ashamed of his family. I mean, there's nothing wrong with wanting to go something other than what you're expected of you. Just don't become a sociopathic, gambling killer person. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like Sakyo did. I relate very much to the fact that he's a gambling addict. (laughs) I'm sorry, I didn't mean to laugh. That's actually really bad. I'm going to stop. That that was really shitty on my part. It's half a joke, but half real. Oh, I'm sorry about that. No, I'm not a gambling addict. I just like the casino. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that what a gambling addict would say? A gambling addict, like, bets your own life and shit. Like, that's some serious call this 800 the, number. The thrill of risk, I feel like, is very uh, addicting. And I feel like at some point, everyone has been sort of, like, enthralled by it. Being like, ooh, this is something I shouldn't be doing, or this isn't something that end bad. But just, like, the possible outcome of... Getting so much more out of it is just very, like, enticing. It is. Yeah. I, um... So I think a lot of anime has this, like, weird thing where, like, the idea of, like, risk and, like, playing for keeps has an almost, like, sexual level of gratification. What was that anime about, like, that school for gambling or whatever? Oh, Oh, Kaki Grace? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's there for sure. I'm thinking of, like, the very homoerotic overtones of Yusuke and Chu's fight and, Ah. like... And Keiko watching the fucking Jin versus the uh, Yusuke thing, and it's just like he understands him in a way I never could, like shit like that. I'm just and I'm thinking, did you guys watch Zoids back in the day? Yeah, Zoids. I love Zoids. Wait. Yeah, Zoids yeah. rule. But do you remember? The, do you remember the Jack Sisko fight, like the Lightning Sykes fight? No. He's the guy voiced by the same dude who did Zex Marquis and Gundam Wing. Okay, the reason I bring him up is like basically he was this mercenary who like another team hired in order to fight, uh, you know, the main characters. And the guy, he's challenged for the first time in forever when he fights Bit Cloud, mm-hmm. uh, the main character of Zoids. And he, like, when that happens, he goes from having this, like, very stoic look on his face that he has throughout the episode to being like, yeah, I'm alive! And it's very clear, like, that, that dude just jizzed inside of his Zoid. <laughs> and, like, it's, it's interesting seeing that sort of cultural context here. It's very clear he jizzed. <laughs> It's not very clear. I mean, because if we were going with things that look like jizzing but aren't, I would go more with Piccolo fusing with Nail and Dragon Ball Z, you know, that speech he gives afterwards. But anyways, so Togoro responds to Sakio talking about how much he enjoys gambling and all this stuff, uh, asking, like, why he's being told this. Sakio mentions, like, you know, I wanted to, you know, tell someone about this. Uh, and, like, you clearly see Shizuru in the background overhearing and having, like, mixed feelings. Um, keep in mind, she did not have this, like, romantic overture with Sakio in the manga, so they couldn't have done anything with this. But I do think it's interesting that it looks like she was about to speak with the guy and then realized after this speech, like, this guy's 
beautiful in a tragic way, but I don't want to get involved. Yeah. And who, who can find it? Yeah. She's luckily did not have that mentality, I could change him, or there's still some good oh, in him. She was like, I'm going to back away now. You guys think if this came out more recently that she might, like, they might have done a plot line like that? Maybe. Mm, I feel... Like, it's implied, artist, but like if any other artist had like oh if every... anyone else maybe yeah, yeah. but I, I feel like the implication is like Shizuru is like mature enough and worldly enough that she's mm-hmm. like oh better stay the fuck away <laughs> yeah. no even though I think this dude's real cool I'm gonna stay the fuck away I mean it's like as much as it's like I actually do like the fact that they have like this sort of like attraction like it like, they're never going to be, like, my OTP or anything. But I oh, fuck no. But I appreciate the fact that they have this because it brings a different side to Sakio. Like, it, and as well as Shizuru. Because yeah. otherwise, if Shizuru, she just would have been, like, the tough-ass older sister of Kurumara instead of someone, like, uh, like a mature woman who can recognize, even if, like, a, lo- a short-lived attraction, like, how bad it actually actually be when you learn about someone. I love and Shizuru so as a character. That, She's yeah, so great. And having that conflict, like, is very relatable. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's awesome. Uh, funny story, uh, Megan is playing slots right now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even put two and two together. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, are you doing this on purpose right now? <laughs> uh, but anyways, now, other than call-outs, uh, you know, Toguro then mentions saying, like, yeah, uh, you know, as much as I appreciate, you know, you sharing your feelings with me, uh, I'm here for myself. And in Spanish, he says a line that I think was reflected in English, but maybe not exactly. Mm-hmm. He says, like, Nadie es mi dueño, es por mí mismo. And, like, you know, uh, a ser por mí, por mí mismo. Which basically means, like, no one is my owner or no one is my, like, overlord. I do this for myself. And I'm like, fuck, that is a great line in the Spanish version. What was the... Oh, the English equivalent was, I fight this one on my terms and for myself alone. So, like, both are very good in different ways. I like them a lot. I like the Spanish one. I like the Spanish one that has a bit more, like... Machismo. Machismo. That that just might be the way that I accent my Spanish. (laughs) Let me say my English one the same way. (laughs) (laughs) Lines. I fight this one on my terms. Nope. (laughs) Anyways, yeah, then my Spanish one's better. Um, but yeah, the tournament committee unsurprisingly accepts the proposal, which still brings up how the fuck is the tournament committee working? I don't understand. I does Sakyo like have probably, a button? Pro- there's probably like a whoever mans the prompt or does the announcements. Yeah. They probably just like read this script. Sakyo just has someone with a gun up to that person's head. It's like, yeah, if you could just say yes after deliberation in quotes, that'd be great. Deliberation, just give time for the polls or for the yeah. bets, and then... If anyone walks by, do impressions of a bunch of Japanese businessmen pretending there's a lot of them here. Uh, <laughs> just one guy. Yeah. It's like a Home Alone 2 or a Home Alone situation. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just imagining him setting up a model train set with cardboard cutouts of Japanese businessmen. And like a table. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, it's a holly jelly Christmas in here, everyone. Um, <laughs> so the fight's finally about to start. Just kidding. It doesn't start yet because Elder Toguro suddenly has a, like his maniacal laugh starts echoing around the arena, and he like literally like erupts from the ground, and he's like, "Just not dead." Yeah. Doesn't he explain again that he yeah. didn't he's like, you know? It's like because what happens? Okay, so what happens is like the committee accepts the proposal, and they say. 
um, we are no longer accepting any bets. And because of this, he, this is when he says, like, I pretended to be dead by liquefying myself into the ground and waiting until the bettings has stopped before re revealing myself. Oh my so now we can fight together, brother. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't understand why he waited until the betting stopped. Oh, it's because he if he had revealed that he was there and that he could tag team with Toguro it would make it so there were less even chances because the more even the chances, the more bets uh, the more uh, bets would happen. Yeah. See, I, as much as I love to go to the casino, I don't understand sports betting. Oh, oh okay. Because um, yeah, yeah, yeah. sports betting is Very a different. weird, different, like it's statistical based. It's like, also corrupt as hell, just know? like this tournament. Yes. <laughs> so, okay. Well, it's illegal in most states, I found out because I wanted to try it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, then the elder Togoro basically asks his brother, like, Oh, do you want me to be a dagger, a sword, a spear? And then, like, but in the U.S. version... Yeah, in the U.S. version, he's like, a dagger, a sword, a semi-automatic machine gun, which is relatable to you Americans because of lax gun control well, like, laws? Like, what is he gonna shoot out? No, okay. So it wasn't in the original Japanese. It wasn't in the Japanese. Also, I was thinking about this, because as a kid, I was like, dude, you couldn't fucking do that. I remember the weapons you turned into during the Rescue Yukina arc. They were primitive as hell. And then I thought about it more and more, and I'm like, that dude fully emulated a woman's flesh. He could totally fucking make a semi-auto machine gun that works. What is he gonna shoot out of himself? He's like, my toe... He's like, my toenails. Uh, yeah, um, also... The speaking of making a beautiful female, Elder Tiguro continues to mention that he would have loved to gone out with Genkai. Again? Again, calling her smart, beautiful, powerful. Let's fight together, brother. Yeah, he, he's like, I wish I had a, t a like a bite of that snack or whatever. It's, he's being really <laughs> Wait, did he did he really say a bite of that snack? I feel like he said a bite, something along those lines. It was like If he coined snack, <laughs> I would be so happy. <laughs> he said snack. Damn it! <laughs> But he did say something very creepy. Like, yeah, let me talk about. Uh, let okay. me talk about it. I, I wish that he said, just coined a bunch of new, <laughs> like a bunch of slang that we only use now. And he's like that thought, that hoe <laughs> over there. It's like holy shit, this was the birth of thought. Oh my god. Oh, wow. Did you see her Snapchat? It's like they made this in two thousand one. <laughs> DMs. <laughs> Elder Tudor was like, I mean, younger Tudor was like, I, I don't know what that means. And like, even the kids are like, yeah, we thought, you know, we were young and trendy. We don't know what that means, actually. He's like, you'll find out. In 10 years. Yeah, so he's just pissing off basically everyone, especially Yusuke and especially Elder to uh, younger Tudor, who's like, fuck this. And he literally kicks him and Elder he, he kicks him so hard he goes to the roof of the stage. Yeah, he, well, he's like, I can't believe you, I can't believe you did that. And he tries to attack him, um, but Toguro then, he basically punches him so hard that his older brother disappears. He, he sublimates, which is, sublimates. that is when... So you know how melting is the transition from solid to liquid, yeah. and evaporating is the transition from liquid to solid? Sublimation is when there is literally no point at which you are liquid because you have gone so fast oh. from solid to gas. Yeah, Jesus. He punches him so hard he sublimates. I'm learning so much about chemistry, biology, <laughs> whatever the fuck, science. Wow. Shonen science. Yes. 
If I was ever a teacher, I'd be like, so this is sublimation. <laughs> They're like, wait, so you're saying that in order to sublimate things, we have to punch them? No, but I mean, you, you could. You could. <laughs> if you were strong enough. So yeah, the uh, episode ends with uh, younger Tagoro killing his older brother and being like, okay, we'll fight now. Yeah, because he wants it to be a fair fight. He yeah. doesn't use the elder brother getting in the way. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Thoughts? <laughs> thoughts? Ayy. Thoughts? Thoughts? Ayy. Corned by, uh, coined by, you know, fucking future time-traveling hipster Elder Taguro. <laughs> Is that really a hipster thing? It is now. But no, like... but I'm saying that he's like, you know how like hipsters are like, oh yeah, I was into that before oh, you. Yeah. But he's like, I was into it because I could see the future. <laughs> oh. So man, that was a doozy episode. Not technically, not a lot happened. I right. mean, Kubra has victory, but it, it seemed actually a lot shorter than I thought. Yeah, uh, it would be. You find out a lot about a lot of people. Yeah. Like, which I think... So we only did two episodes this episode, and we've already gone a decent amount of time. But actually, I think there's a lot of extra material here, because it implies so much about the world around it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think this one was very expositional-based. Even though there is a fight, technically. Yeah. It's two episodes, one fight. But, like, it was so much exposition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, like, good. Yeah. Not, yeah, like, like, bad interesting, exposition. Yeah. Interesting exposition yeah. about characters that are important. Which I kind of liked, because it... It seemed like with the past fights, it was sort of like kind of blow by blow, attack by attack, not too much talking going on, mm-hmm. and very, there's some character development in terms of, like, how our, I mean, our protagonists struggled against, like, their enemy, and uh, maybe the enemy would throw in, like, a line about their own backstory. Um, in this one, it was just a lot of, there was a lot of monologuing. We got puppets. We got, we pu- got a puppet well, we got show. A puppet yeah. show. There was a fucking it. puppet show in this episode, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And so, I like this episode a lot, because it also had, again, like, like that about time where you learned about um, different characters, like Sakio. Mm-hmm. I just thought he was a greedy dude, like, just a really smart businessman. I didn't know how actually messed up he was. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like that a lot. There's so many, like, shades to him, and not in a yeah. me-justifying way. Yeah. I like that, so you know how usually when they have a sick, demented character, it's always, like, they're ugly. Well, yeah, well, no, but that, but, like, the, the their backstory is usually like, I was abused as a child, oh, yeah. I had a really rough life. He's like, nah, my life was pretty good, I was just, I fucking hated him. Yeah. <laughs> I do like that a lot, actually. It's just like, like, kind of like he was bored. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. He's a sociopath. Yep. But, like, a really hot sociopath, so, like... That's why, like, that's why <laughs> Shizuru was into him. Yeah. She's like, oh, mm. That mullet, that bloodlust. <laughs> <laughs> it is kind of a mullet. It it's is not, totally a but, mullet. Like, it's, Long hair styled like a mullet. <laughs> he uh he sort of looks like if one of the so oftentimes in like uh juvenile delinquent animes when they have someone who shows up from like a richer school or a rich family yeah. they have long hair yeah. that looks almost exactly like that. Yeah. Um, but he looks like that kid grew up. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cromarty High. Yes. Exactly. Yeah, oh my like god. Yes. Cromarty High School. Have you ever seen? Y'all need to see Cromarty High School. It is a parody of juvenile delinquent animes. Wait, it fucking rules. Spell it. Uh, okay. C-R-O-M-A-R. Uh, T-I-E? Uh, yeah. Oh. So I tried showing this to some friends once, and no one could get into it. I'm talking about, like, my ex and some of our mutual friends. Um, they couldn't get into it. But I think... I think, like, there's a certain type of humor you have to have for this to be good for you. Is this by the guy who does, um... Is the one where the girls... The, 
the little girl likes um, salmon roll a lot? I don't know that no. one. No. Basically, this one guy, he goes, he's like a normal guy, and he ends up transferring to the school that's mostly made of punks. And he, they always talk, shit talk, about fighting and other people, but they never actually fight. <laughs> they just, like, yell at each other. And I've never noticed that. Yeah, they never <laughs> they fight. Never, they never <laughs> really fight. That's fight. the whole point, is that they just talk about, yeah, I'm going to beat the living shit out of you, and then it never happens. <laughs> yeah, then, oh my god, yeah. It's a great, it feels like it was... It feels like if an American who had tremendous knowledge of juvenile delinquent shows made an Adult Swim parody show, yeah. but it was made in Japan. Yeah. It's amazing. So Sakyu kind of show, resembled this one character who is from a richer delinquent school. Is his name like Hokuto or something like that? Something I forget. Like, it, sounds, it sounds very like a rich. noble. Yeah, he also rich kind noble. of looks like a Neji from Oh yeah. Oh yeah, Neji's kind of that dude yeah, too. Yeah, kind haughty, of like a hottie. Yeah. Um, H-A-U-G-H-T-Y not H-O-T-T-I-E. Oh, I was like, oh, he's a hottie? Really, Neji? <laughs> hey, there are I some people... Neji was a hottie. <laughs> I was going to say, like, yeah. That's fair. Okay. A couple right. of our mutual friends think Neji is a snack of sorts. Yeah, he, 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 he came up as very pompous and refined compared to the other pumps, which kind of resemble how uh, Sakyo is. <laughs> yeah. You're he's not like, wrong. He's, he's, he's pompous and refined. And a hottie. And, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so... It's really interesting. So we're gonna go more into like the characters, starting with our favorite <laughs> deranged oh. salad fingers. Yeah, Elder so Tuguro. we have a cool shot from the manga of Elder Tuguro. So is it just me or in the manga does he actually look more like a Japanese dude who you could imagine for real? Yeah, like he yeah. just like, hey, what if Tommy Wiseau was Japanese? Oh fuck. Yeah. yeah. Is that the, that, that's the crow, not the crow, what's it called? Uh, it's the, the room. room. Yeah. Oh, it's, yeah. it's, he straight up looks like, hey, what if Tommy was always Japanese? I mean, he's dressed very similar to to how he his wardrobe is yeah. in the room, and also his hair. Yeah. Kind of like that crimpy... Genkai, how could you betray me like this? <laughs> I did not hit her, I did not. Oh, if there was a live action, I'm totally down for Tommy Wiseau to Yeah, play. that's the only race bending I would accept. <laughs> yeah. Tommy Wiseau. Oh my god, yeah, who would we cast as Elder to grow for Tommy Wiseau to sit on his shoulder the whole time? <laughs> Twins 2, starring Tommy Wiseau and oh The Rock. Oh <laughs> Yeah, so, I don't know. I mean, other than what we kind of talked earlier, like, what do you think of this character? Um, hey, uh, I don't know. Like, I think there's not much to say about him besides what you see here, because, like, his past is very veiled in mystery. The English version implies certain things about it, but nothing Mm -hmm. is ever set in stone. They show that he was on the team from 50 years ago, but they don't explain why the fuck he's not in any other flashback of, of younger Tagoros. They don't explain what his powers were as a normal human because they show younger to grow powers. It's just like, he's like, you know, standard use K, like he can emit shit. He can punch yeah. shit real hard. Um, but like, they never show, like, what was Elder Toguro doing before he had razor sharp dick fingers? Like, what was he doing? Uh, Did he just have razor sharp regular fingers or? Maybe, mm, I don't know. Maybe it's kind of like he was more of the support type of fighter. So he must... I think he must have favored, like, long-range attacks, given, like, his, that's what he wished for his powers. Mm-hmm. He's clearly definitely not the... He's probably one of the more sneakier ones of, like, the team. 
Yeah, maybe he used knives or something. Yeah, and like now he's he, like, well, now I am yeah. the knife. Now he is the knife. So he probably relied more on his, like, his Imagine smarts he um, than he did on just raw power itself. Mm-hmm. I have a theory. Maybe he had a limited ability to move his organs. He's like, it is difficult to kill me because I can sort of move my organs. And then later he's like, I want to be able to fully move my organs and make it impossible to kill me. Uh, And the doctor's like, you've said that like eight times. (laughs) You get it. I get it, I get it again. If you could never tell me about your moving anus wish ever again, that'd be great. Yeah, he's... And interesting. I feel like with, um, out of, like, the all the characters, because I love tropes, I'm going to talk about, like, Yandere. He was a shade of Yandere that Karasu <laughs> was very similar to, but also, like, a little bit more intense because he had someone, fi- he's fixated on someone who he's known for a long time, versus Karasu was like, I just met this kid, and I... And I want to blow him up. <laughs> and blow him. And blow him. While, uh, oh, while uh, Elder Richard Girl was like, I love my older, my younger brother, but he forgot about me, so I hate him, and I hate his girlfriend, but I want to fuck her at the same time. Yeah. I'm I conflicted. I, I do get this, okay, so I get this weird, like, vibe from him where he actually does care about his younger brother. Oh, yeah. He yeah, really but his older brother him. does not fucking care. Because, not, not because, not in a, like, judgment on younger Tagoro, more like a, yeah, younger Tagoro recognizes his older brother as, like, corrupt beyond belief, unsavable. Yeah. But, like, his older brother still, like, it's, uh, it's, mm, without spoiling too much, it's Illumi-like. Hunter, Hunter. Oh, Hunter, Hunter. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's like that. That's kill... Kalua's older brother. Yeah, Kalua's older brother. So it's a kind of a question if Elder Trigger always had this very corrupt personality, or did the power just mm. ha- make him this way? Yeah, because yeah. like it's clear that younger Trigger was a pretty upright guy. He yeah. just was afraid of growing old, so that's why he wished that that power. And eventually, it being a demon, kind of like shifted his mentality to yeah. be a very cold and cruel. Um, person while it seemed like Elder Chagura was always kind of like a nasty piece of work. <laughs> a nasty yeah. piece of work. My, uh, like, so my actual, like, headcanon regarding this, not the, not the moving anus headcanon, but, um, is, like, I, I believe that, you know, Elder Chagura was probably, like, a bad dude, like, who was probably, like, an assassin who, you know, like, like a martial arts assassin type uh. character, and that, like... Toguro probably got into martial arts because of, like, seeing his older brother being involved in this shit, but then kind of went a very different way with it, and that's why he was competent enough to be invited to the tournament, but he is not in any of the other flashbacks because he did his own thing. Yeah, that's, that makes more sense. It Like, obviously, it could be entirely di- dis... Uh, like, it could be entirely disproved if anything future comes out. It's just something that I invented because it made sense to me. Mm-hmm. Fan theory. Fan yeah, I, I usually hate fan theories, it's but a theory. but I'll, yeah, it's a it's a fan theory. <laughs> um, but yeah, we were gonna take a break before getting to the next segment, but we're kind of running low on time, so uh, let's just get to voice actors. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Um. Okay. So this is gonna be both the Japanese and the Eng- English dub and the yeah. Spanish. Uh, no, I'm not doing Spanish okay. because I did not want to fucking yeah. do that. Okay, so it'll be English and Japanese. So. Yusuke Yurameshi, our first character. In the English dub, he is voiced by Justin Cook, who's also the producer. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So, in terms of um, voices, because he doesn't just do Yusuke, Justin Cook also voices within the Yu show Siryu K- 
Kuro, Momotaro, and Pooh. I is... like that he does Pooh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's very fitting that he does Pooh. Yeah. Pooh. <laughs> we can all do Pooh. And yeah. I, I'm, if you ever see what Justin Cook looks like, I want to ask like Pooh. that. Yeah, I look like Pooh. Okay, I'm gonna Just like this more husky guy. Yeah, that's really a, yeah. His head is like the sh- the full My size of poop. Doesn't look like Jack Black, but gives me vibes. Yeah, I got that <laughs> octagon. Oh, yeah, um, weird. I pictured like a scrawny white dude. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so before doing Yu Hakusho, he was the voice of Dende in Dragon Ball Z, which, if I remember, was his first major voice acting role. <laughs> um, so in in other things, he does. He also did the voice of Raditz. Super Boo and the Cell Juniors. Mm-hmm. So I guess he has a pretty good, like, mm, I'm a sniveling piece of shit voice. Yeah. Um, in My Hero Academia, he does a, he does a Kirishima. Yeah. yeah. Uh, does, that character sounds a lot like Yusuke, right? Or, yeah, he's just like this hot-headed, I like, he's a, a bit happier than Yusuke, a positive Yusuke. Yeah. He's like, but he's like, his positive. whole power is like, his skin gets rock hard. There's another rock hard character in that show too, right? And they're like rivals. Rivals. The other guy turns steel. So yeah, Kirishima, his skin just turns rock hard, impenetrable. And then Neil from FMA Brotherhood. Yeah, I don't remember who Neil is. I just I just took that one down. I'm like, yeah, Neil, that character. um, I always because I watch Fruit Baskets after I rewatch Yu Hakusho, Show, but he's also voices Hatsuharu Soma. They're doing another one. Yeah. So, so I know so Justin Cook is because maybe just the nature of his voice, he tends to be in a lot of, like, delinquent roles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I, I think of the characters in Fruits Basket, there's two characters he could have played, one being the other, like, one of the main characters, yeah, okay. but they gave him Haru instead. Which yeah. I think is more he's fitting. He's cow, right? Yeah. He's, yeah. A, he's a cow. Yeah. He also, if you guys ever watch and if you haven't, you should, he was uh, one of the voices in Beck Mongolian Chop oh, Squad. Oh, yeah. Yes. So, from is it's probably my second after Yusuke is because he it's the show the anime is about basically um a young teenager who basically becomes part of a band um he becomes like the guitarist and Justin Cook plays um the character Chiba who is the main rapper and vocalist of oh. the band because they have a like a very uh arrangement against the machine sort of vibe <laughs> so Justin Cook's some hot fire yeah. okay I've never seen it I kind of want to watch it based so on just this good. you guys That's should awesome. watch it What's you it watch again? Beck Mongolian Chop Squad not oh. only so like Beck is in it right at some point uh, no, no. no. Oh, he's so, not. they explain why they have Beck in, in, in like why it's part of their uh, their band name but it's really good it's probably one of my favorite coming of age animes okay. interesting that's cool the fact that Justin Cook is a voice actor, and like the way he, like it just it makes, it makes like the production of anime in America or like the dubbing of anime in America so much more interesting mm-hmm. because like what they just couldn't find a voice and like hey you producer guy who has no voice acting talent is oh, that how that they did that or like I think so I mean I think right. he also did some amateur acting when he was younger oh, okay um, but real quick um, for anyone who's listening who's probably younger than us. Uh, back in the day, anime dubbing used to be an incredibly small group of people who all knew each other, and uh, like in the states, or a group of Canadians who were mostly around the Toronto area. So if you watch dubs of anime from the '90s, you're most likely going to hear bizarre accidental Canadianisms, 
like uh, Evangelion is full of just like random parts where you almost hear someone say A and just like <laughs> I'm not even joking. Or they like they like lengthen the sil- they lengthen a syllable that like does not sound that way in American English, and it's just like huh weird. So. You're lucky now because, like, there's less recognizable voice actors than there used to be, but you get more variety than yeah. you used to. Yeah, but that's why. I think that's probably why there were so many random and weird ass accents in Japanese, like, or like in the yeah. dubs. Yeah, like, a lot they, of Canadians. Yeah, but like they throw in like Southern accents. Oh yeah, yeah. it was Canadians Irish doing accents. Southern accents. Yeah. It was re- it, it was a real fun time. Yeah, I mean the nineties. It, it, it was interesting. So um, we. For Jap- for the Japanese um, original dub, so it was no- Nozomu Sasa- Sasaki, and he was a singer in Seiyu, um, which explains his equality cover of the theme song. Yeah, he does uh, one of ending three or four, I forget which one. Um, the end song that we actually use for our show is just the instrumental portion of that song. Mm. Seiyu means voice actor? Yeah. Okay. For, I don't know. I just forgot about it. No worries. Uh, so he actually got his big break as uh, Tetsuo Shima oh. in uh, Akira. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, if you go back and watch that, you'll you'll hear it and be like, oh, shit. It's like, Yusuke! Kaneda! <laughs> yeah. Um, if you all haven't seen Akira, you should see it, even though it is a totally incoherent movie, because it, it's a movie based on six gigantic volumes of manga. Um, but yeah, he's won the Seiyu Grand Prix more times than any other voice actor. Wow. He's, he's done... Well... I saw this on Wikipedia and it was cited, but I could not find what Seiyu Grand Prix they were talking about. So I'm just like, I'll take this one on faith. <laughs> so outside of Yuhak Show, he's done a ton of voices, including in Prince of Tennis, Gundam X, Air Guys, uh, which is a Square Enix video game, and Samurai Champloo. Um, some notable roles in Card Captors. Uh, did Did you guys watch Card Captor? Yes. Yeah. He's he's Ariel. I had the thingy. I had the. The oh, the wand and yeah, the cards. The bird I used to throw them up and try to like swat them. <laughs> what? What is release? <laughs> uh, in shitty news, he was mellow in Death Note, aka in the part of Death Note that fucking sucks. Um, in Rurouni Kenshin, he was Inishi, who is the older brother of Kenshin's uh, like dead uh, wife. Wow. And in Legend, so. He was a character in Legend of the Galactic Heroes, which is, if you're an old anime fan, is a hyper-famous old one, but no one now knows about it. Look it up if you've never heard of it. Uh, he was in Char's Counterattack as a minor character. In King of Fighters, which is a video game, he was the character K9999, which, in addition to being Herman Cain's tax plan, was also a character in King of Fighters that was basically just Tetsuo. So he was just playing the same fucking character. Uh... He did dubs of some American things, including Home Alone 3, huh, Buffy. Is he Culkin? <laughs> no. Well, Home Alone 3 does not have Macaulay Culkin. Oh, right, it's a different right, right, kid. right, right. He was in NCIS, that 70s show, oh, and he's one of the main characters in Thomas the Tank Engine. Wait, who was he in that 70s show? Uh, I don't know enough about that uh, 70s show. That would have been awesome. Uh, I didn't... Hide. Hide. No, I, I don't know who he was. He was also in the live movie The Red Spectacles, which is pretty famous in Japan, but not really outside of it. If you guys have ever heard of the video game Killzone, they entirely stole their aesthetic from The Red Spectacles. That's a thing in Japan. Yeah. <laughs> Borrowing yeah. things for other things. So moving on to Kuwabara, which in, you know, y'all will probably have heard of this person if you pay attention to anime voice actors at all. In English, he was voiced by Christopher Sabat, mm-hmm. a.k.a. Mr. Vegeta himself. Oh, oh. <laughs> 
So he was originally in 1998 a voice uh, voice director at Funimation and was an ADR director as well as a line producer. Um, in 2004, he left Funimation to find his own company, uh, Ocartron. Ocartron 5000. Oh, oops. No, don't 5, worry. 000. It's on the next line. It's my fault. In the year 5000. Yeah, in the year 5000, <laughs> he became Ocartron. In Yu Hakusho, he, he, wow, he only did Kuwabara's voice? Yeah, I think he only did Kuwabara. Oh. Other than well, other he might have done others. I wrote this note mm-hmm. months ago. Oh. In other animes, he was obviously Vegeta from uh, Dragon Ball. This whole first thing is all Dragon Ball characters. Oh, oh God. He was also General Black, Akami, King Piccolo, Yamcha. Oh, I didn't know he was Yamcha. Yamcha. <laughs> Shenlong, Piccolo Jr., I don't know why I wrote Shenlong instead of Shenron. Shenlong is how you would pronounce it if you took the same characters and said them in Chinese. I don't know why I did that. I never noticed that. Yeah. Like, you know uh, Xiaoran in in, uh, Cardcaptors? Yes. So that's actually just Xiaoran. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Japanese readings of Chinese characters. Then the English translation of those. Yeah, exactly. It gets so confusing. So he was Jace, Bubbles, Burner... Raccoon. Therefore, he was three members of the Ginyu Forest. Can we talk about this? Oh. Um, he was Corin the Cat. He was Purunga, the Namekian dragon. He was Vegito. He was Roshi's turtle. Who's Vegito? Vegito is the fusion of Goku and, and Vegeta. Oh, so they just had his voice. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, just yeah. his voice. Yeah. It's just With some reverb. <laughs> I'm not even joking. And he was Grandpa Gohan. Oh. I honestly just thought they put they said the lines at the same time and then they put it together. But. So you're thinking of Gogeta, where they uh. do do this. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, different character, actually. Uh, I'm not going to get into why that is, but uh, in Attack on Titan, he's a guy named Kitz Weilman. Like, I just said it the German way, would you get the idea? I don't know who that is. I don't know either. He's probably a minor character. Probably got eaten after, like, about an episode. Yeah, or something. In- in both versions of Full Metal Alchemist, oh, really? he is Alex Louis Armstrong. Oh, y'all, y'all can see exactly. it, right? Yeah. yeah. In a uh, Lupin on the Third, he's Jigen. Oh. Uh, in My Hero Academia, he's oh, ha, ha, All Might. <laughs> all Might's the main, like the skinny. He's dude. Superman. He's oh. the Superman who then gets skinny. And the, okay, okay, okay. In One Piece, he's Zoro. Uh, yeah. Three swords. Yeah. Yeah. And in uh, Card Captors, he's uh, Kerberos's full form. Oh, really? Uh, I think that might just be out. for Clear Card. Oh. Uh, I'm wondering if maybe the dude who originally did his voice died, or I don't know. But was it done by the same company? You're right. It was in the 90s, so it was probably someone entirely different. Right. I think so. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So, it seems like Chris Watt usually tends to be cast in roles of, like, the strong man. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, whether it be, like, a strong man teenager or a strong man, like, adult, he tends to... <laughs> Small man baby. <laughs> Cat. Strong man woman. Alien. <laughs> He tends, God. He, tends, he tends to be in roles like that, or like kind of. I guess Jigen's like the only character that I think like is a little bit off. But now that I think about it, like out of all the Lupin, the third characters, he's probably the most like strong man like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd say that. Yeah. Um. So the Japanese voice actor was Shigeru Chiba, uh, whose real name is Masaharu Ma- Maeda. Oh, I don't wow. know why he made that stage. I mean, that stage name sounds pretty cool. Yeah. But apparently he was originally a stuntman in a 
series of porn films. <laughs> probably why I changed his name. <laughs> yeah, actually, you know what? You're probably right. I didn't put two and two together. That's actually probably the exact reason. Wait, was he like a fluffer? Would you say stunt man? No, so these like... were softcore porns which were shown in theaters in the 70s and 80s, which was a thing that also happened in the States. Okay. So they would have like actual production shit where they would have like people driving cars off shit too. So it's like, there's a real story here. So he was probably, and I think one of the first movies they did was like some cheating housewife, because of course... Um, so probably he was the dude who climbed up the wall well, yeah. oh, and climbed like, down the wall. Over. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Oh he was probably God. he was probably that dude. We should do some research. Jesus oh, Christ, God. I thought those are all staged. I wait, what do you mean? Like we you're talking about like if we had like those cheating fantasy stuff, like they actually like didn't like do no, a they're staged. Okay. Yeah, staged, staged. Stage. Yeah, yeah. Thought, yeah what the fuck? <laughs> Oh my god. We we just got a libel suit from Japan. I just I just thought you were talking about like, oh, they had him be like the lookout as they filmed no. the scene. Holy shit. Sure that the husband didn't come home. No, like oh the my god. The oh, he'll come home all right. Yeah, okay. um, but anyways, he's he he's worked as a sound effects director and a music director. Dude's very talented. Uh, you know, he's gotten he's got his hands in porn, in a, a person, in uh, sound effects, in music direction. In Megumi Hayashibara. No, no. no. <laughs> he was the voice acting mentor for Megumi Hayashibara, who is aka Young Genkai and a famous voice actress in her own right. Mm-hmm. Outside of Yu Hakusho, he did uh, the narrator in Fist of the North Star. He did uh, Megane in Uresu Yatsura. I don't know Uresu Yatsura mm-hmm. that well, um, so I'm assuming it's just a character who has glasses. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He did a bunch of voices in Dr. Slump. Uh, he was Raditz and Garlic Jr. in Dragon Ball Z, and Pilaf in Dragon Ball, which means that Garlic Jr. and Pilaf had the same voice actor, which is interesting because I think the same is true in the English dub as well, because oh. those two characters look the same but are canonically two different dudes. Oh, interesting. So he's Kefka in the any voiced rendition of Final Fantasy, uh, Kefka being the main villain of Final Fantasy VI. He's something in a series called Cooking Papa. Is it like Cooking Mama? I was going to ask that. I don't know. Google. Googling. Yeah. I'll get back to you guys. Keep going. In uh, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, he's Kira Yoshihiro, who is the father of the main villain of season four. And in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure All-Star Battle, he's Iggy, which for anyone who doesn't know is a dog. So, who doesn't speak. So he probably just went, Ruff! a couple times <laughs> into a microphone. Or what's the noise they make in Japanese? It's one. Juan. I think it's Juan. That dog heard me outside, and it's it's like, yeah, you want to go? I'll face you in a park battle. Okay. Do you guys want to know what Cooking Papa is? Yes, please. It's not a video game. It's a manga series um, and made into an anime. But the story revolves around a salaryman named Kazumi Araiwa, mm-hmm. who can cook well, but is unwilling to let it be known within his workplace. He lets them believe his wife cooks his meals, when in fact, she could not prepare anything. So it's, a, it's kind of interesting. It's like a... What's it called? Uh, gender expectations? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's interesting. He's a really large, square-looking man. Um, Wait, the, the character. The, the character, character. The character. I don't know what the other actual guy looks like, but the cooking papa himself. Was <laughs> the like, cooking papa. The cook. It's actually called cooking papa. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> cooking papa. But like, uh, he uh, he looks like a a big salary man. Like he looks a, like the dude from American Dad. Yeah, exactly. But Japanese. Um, but like, I guess they actually had full recipes. That were featured in each chapter. Oh, that's like, cute. At the end of the so chapter. it's like a less crazy version of Food Wars. Yeah. Cooking Mama meets Food Wars. <laughs> yep. So I included one other voice actor for Kurama, for Kuwabara here. 
only for a very specific reason. In the Hebrew dub, there's a dude named Amnon Wolf who kind of looks like Jewish Kubara. Please look this up. A-M-N-O-N-W-O-L-F. It's kind of weird. Like, not like not perfect. He doesn't look as good as that one basketball player. But, like, it's pretty good. Oh, what the fuck? You see it, right? Yeah. Let's see an older... It's movie. Jewish Kuwabara, y'all. Uh, kind of. Juwabara. Kind of. Juwabara. There you go. Yeah. Oh, There's Juwabara. Anyway, so moving on to Karama. Uh, English, John Bergmeier, who was also the script supervisor of Yuhak Show. Uh, and outside... Oh, he's the... Is he the son? He's the son of Linda Young, who is the person who did Old Genkai. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, the real son. The actual blood-related cool. son. Yes. It's actually very cool. They mention in one of the commentary tracks at the end of the show that they were, like, never in the booth at the same time because their characters don't really talk that much. So, like, he saw her at work once. Mm. Yeah. So, outside of Yu Show, he voiced uh, Shigure Soma in Fruits Basket. Oh. Is, is Shigure the snake? No, he's the he, older brother, right? He is the dog. Yeah. He's the dog. He's, he's the, not the super brother, flamboyant sorry. one? No, no, he's the kind of slightly pervy... Low super key, pervy. Look, high-key pervy Does author he like write, at home. Yes, yeah, yeah he writes like, like romance yeah, novels. He's, right? like uh, he's like the homebody author. But he's like the quote wise one. People yeah. go to him for advice. Very Karama. Like, and yeah, then he, like, yeah. he shifts from like pervy fun uncle to like... <laughs> That sounds gross, but that's kind of what he is. He's like the pervy fun yeah, uncle. He's like, what he's if like... Karama fucked? <laughs> well, like, he's not really that pervy with, um, uh, Haru, Haru, what's her name? I don't not Haru, what's her uh, name? Uh, Toru. 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 Not yeah, really. I mean, she's, she's, she's like a... He's more pervy, like, with, like, old... Oh, no, he goes, like, high school girls, high school girls, and uh, then, like, hey, her friends come in, and she's like, oh, never mind. <laughs> I remember that. Well. So he was uh, Tian in Dragon Ball Z and Gregory, <laughs> aka the cricket that lives with King Kai. Oh. <laughs> In Hitalia Axis Powers, he was Switzerland, which I'm going to put it out there. That fits really well, uh, <laughs> based on my national stereotypes of Switzerland. <laughs> uh, so in Fullmetal Alchemist Brotherhood, he was uh, Dolcetto, who was one of the chimeras. Mm. I think he was also a dog-based chimera. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. Oh, was he that one girl dog? The- no. no. Fuck no, off. No, no, no. <laughs> Wait, oh my god. I, it never... Wait, I mean. It probably occurred to me when I was watching it back in the day, but it is interesting how in the case of Nina Tucker, they're like, man, this is really fucked up. We really fucked this up. While later in the series, they're like, these chimeras are totally fine. (laughs) And like, I think in that case, they're like, well, they knew what they were doing as opposed to Shao Tucker, who's an alchemist, but an idiot. Yeah. Like, Shao Tucker was just like, yeah. Yeah. So uh, the Japanese voice actor, actress was uh, Megumi Ogata who is a singer and songwriter. Her stage name is, I'm going to spell this because it's pretty weird, E-M colon O-U. Yes. I didn't put it in the notes, but there's an accent over the U. So try <laughs> searching with- that shit. <laughs> Playing um, with language. <laughs> yeah, she dropped out of college due to a lack of interest. That's a note on her Wikipedia. Uh, she plays feminine men and tomboyish women. Uh, fans refer to her as Aniki, you know, Aww, older brother. That's cute. Yeah, uh, so her roles, notice the androgyny theme, Sailor Uranus, uh, Ikari Shinji. Wait, wait, wait. What? Sailor Uranus. Oh, sorry, I was going with how you would pronounce it in Greek. Sailor Uranus. How about that? Uranus. Uranus. Yeah, Sailor Uranus. Ikari Shinji, uh, Yugi, and Yami from oh, Yu-Gi-Oh. Notice the the trait of like, oh, transforming characters because also Yue and Yukito from uh, Cardcaptor. So played a lot of uh, transforming characters. 
Weird story, there's a third character under Kurama, Shigeru Nakahara, because in the Japanese version, Yoko has a separate voice actor. That makes sense, though. Is Shigeru, Shigeru a man? Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. That makes sense. I think, also, one thing to note, Megumi Ogata, I don't know if she was an official singer for any official endings, but um, I think it's, like, the first ending of Yoko. Yohaka show, she sings a version of it. Oh yeah, and it's oh, really, yeah. it's really good. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, we'll discuss this during the music episode because man, there are some really talented singers amongst the Japanese cast of Yohaka show. Yeah. And like one or two talented singers amongst the English cast. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, no, they're they're pretty, no, good. they're pretty good. There's just less of them. Yeah. So he a- spit top five. So. Yeah, as we all found <laughs> out from Mongolian Chop Squad. <laughs> okay, so with Hie, um, his English dub voice actor was Chuck. Huber or Huber? It's Huber. Huber. Um, born in 71 in Chicago, went to DePaul for theater, graduating mm-hmm. in 94. The year I was born. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Graduated then. He gets actually age. <laughs> Worked as a writer, ADR director, voice actor for Funimation with Chris Sabat. And, and then, like, with Chris Sabat moved to Okatron 5000. So yep. what is Okatron 5000? I think it's just another voice. I think it's another dubbing studio. Yeah. Okay. He's been a stage and film actor and has won like awards for directing. Like small, small movies. Mm-hmm. And he's taught at SMU Business School and then in Nigeria. Okay. I put a question mark there because that was cited. I don't know what the fuck's going right. on there. Y'all can look that up. Okay. <laughs> uh, oh, wow. He actually had a heart attack in 2010. And then had a crowdfunding campaign for his recovery since he didn't have insurance. Hello. Welcome to the U.S. Oh no! Also, especially Texas. Ugh. And then was McCoy in Star Trek Continues? Oh, I can see that. Yeah, for sure. Um, voices in Yohaku Show. He was Hie. And then other voices he's done was Pilaf in Android Seventeen for DBZ. Oh. Well, still Dragon Ball this whole yeah. line. Oh, yeah, and then Crane Hermit, Garlic Jr. in Kibito. So notice how I said there the same voice actor was used for Pilaf and Garlic Jr. also in the English version, and here he is, Chuck Huber. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. In Soul Eater, he was Frankenstein, Dr. Frankenstein. Two two words there, Dr. Frankenstein. <laughs> I've never seen Stein. Soul Eater. Oh, uh, that's no, 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 he's the, um, the guy with the, the screw yeah, in his head, the screw with the chair, head. and he's, like, rolling around, like... And then he, oh, shit. um, also was... Fuck. Shao Tucker. <laughs> I fucked this up, guys. Big brother. I know, just like, just like, I brought up Shao Tucker twice, fuck. <laughs> and then he was Austria. Things. In Hitalia Axis Powers, yeah. which fits. Yeah. Is that worth watching? Uh, I think it's worth watching. Keep in mind, I was a political science major at one point. So. No, 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 I was going to say, I think it's worth watching. Ignore the fan base entirely. Yeah. The fan base okay. sucks. Because I remember when I was a kid, every pers- every group of anime nerds did the Hitalia like, group cosplay. Yeah. Yes. No, it's, it's great, especially if you like are really into history. Like, There's a part where it's a Japanese show that implicitly criticizes the way the U.S. says that it was the big winner of World War II, even though, like, they were helped by so many other people. Uh, like, for instance, yeah. there's a part where they're, like, the Allied powers are, like, yeah, man, let's, like, fuck up Japan. And then, like, so they're, like, we'll do something. And then they just kind of walk over. And they're, like, China, go! And then China just comes and says, ah! And they just have China repeatedly attack and get fucked up by Japan. And Japan's, like, are you guys serious about this right now? And, like, it's, like, a really good critique. It's, like, 
yeah, China kind of really won a lot of World War II for the U.S. And no one ever mentions China yeah. ever. And then, and then, like, they end World War II by, like, they end uh, the uh, European theater of World War II by Russia just showing up and scaring the shit out of Germany. It's like, that is actually what happened. <laughs> also, one of the roles that um, Chuck um, Huber had was he was in... Shin Chan. He oh, was the uh, dude. Yeah, or... he was the Shin Chan's dad. Oh, <laughs> he was, uh, was kind of like his uh, schlubby dad, schlubby. <laughs> like classic sitcom, sitcom style. God damn it! So uh, the Japanese uh, equivalent, uh, Nobuyaki Hiyama, uh, voice actor, narrator, radio personality, uh, does young man voices. Uh, he was Link in Zelda: Ocarina of Time, the oh. video game. Uh, oh. So, interesting, kind of interesting note, he was born in 1967 in Hiroshima to a Japanese mother who was born in Taiwan at the end of World War II, so his life must be interesting. Uh, so he was involved in his school's radio club and got into acting due to radio dramas, and was, when deciding to do voice acting, he said to himself, if I had to breadwin, might as well choose the type of bread that I love to eat. Oh, <laughs> that's cute. I so, like that. yeah, it's pretty cute, and I, I, I kind of like that a lot, so... His first choice was history, but he ended up doing voice acting because it turns out he wasn't great as an academic historian. Uh, His parents didn't support this, so he got a newspaper scholarship, as it was phrased in the Wikipedia. But what it looks like from reading more about this is I think it's this Japanese thing where newspapers, in addition to paying wages, if you were a student, would also give you extra stipend money specifically for school. And, like, the words, if I remember correctly, translate more to newspaper grant now, mm. rather than newspaper scholarship. Like and a it, work study. Yeah, and it was apparently a pretty big thing in Japan at one time. I mean, you always, that's a really big trope. Like, I know it's a big trope here, like the paper boy. Yeah. But over there, it's like an it's, actual, like... I always trope. wondered why that was, and so apparently there were structural reasons for that. Mm. It's interesting. And so, at that time, his daily routine was a grueling 3 a.m. to 9 p.m. schedule, where between work, voice acting lessons, uh, and, you know, his studies, he was really, it really grinded his mentality and physicality, and according to commentary within Yu Hakusho's Blu-ray release, he first auditioned solely for the role of Kurama, he then tried again for Hiei upon receiving the notice for Yu Hakusho's uh, second round of auditions, with the latter becoming his most iconic breakout role. Mm. So, uh, Genkai, uh, Linda Young... The mother of John Bergmeier and Baba and Frieza in Dragon Ball. Oh shit! You know, well, so they've fully replaced Frieza's lines with a new actor. I'm not sure why, hmm. but like now in Super, and they've gone back and done it in Dragon Ball Kai. It's a different voice, which saddens me. What's up? They redid it. They redid oh, it. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know why. I really liked Frieza's creepy old woman voice. Yeah. Um, but they did it. Did I they mean, make it more like masculine, like to? I think. I think it's still androgynous, but it is more masculine. Um, and I think part of the reason they went back to Kai and did it is because, like, so she's old, so she retired, so she didn't do super, so they wanted to have probably the same voice between oh, the two. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And so uh, Japanese uh, Hisako uh, Kyoda, who did the old one, played a, plays a bunch of grandmothers. <laughs> There's not much I know about her, but Megumi Hayashibara... Uh, was young Genkai, and she is a incredibly famous voice actress. She tends to play feisty young women, and one is one of the most prominent voice actors of the 90s. She uh, apparently went to Catholic school and played Alice in an Alice in Wonderland play in middle school in English. Oh, that's cool. So, so, and not only that, but the article goes on to mention that she is fully fluent in English. Wow. And, uh, because, that's, that's crazy. Yeah, she apparently complained about her translations at a couple 
American anime conventions, like where she was like speaking and they would translate. And she, uh, so one year she did in Japanese was translating. She's like that was inaccurate. So she just started doing her speeches from then on in English. In English? Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, she's like fuck y'all. Uh, so she was a licensed nurse, but never practiced. That happens a lot. Yeah, and, like they have to finish. Like you can't change majors in Japan, really. Yeah. So this is a direct quote. Uh, on the same day as submitting the application for nursing school, she went to book. Uh, she went to a bookstore and found an advertising advertisement offering free anime voice acting auditions at Arts Vision. Several months after submitting a demo tape, she received a confirmation of passing the first stage of the audition. And eventually, decided to continue training as a nurse while doing voice acting. Wow. After a year of voice actor training, Hayashibara was chosen to voice small roles in Meison Ikoku, wow. which is a Rumiko Takahashi series, uh, and. That kind of launched her career where she would, you know, go into other stuff. So, uh, you know, while at nursing school, she started a temporary job as a DJ at the local ice skating rink. And after becoming better known as a voice actor, she was given her own radio show, Heartful Station. That's crazy. After 17 shows, the broadcasting station canceled the show and other anime-related programming to concentrate on traditional music. However, six months later, Hayashibari started a new radio show at another broadcaster. So she went from Mason Nikoku to Ranma, both by Rumiko Takahashi, <laughs> and went on to play a lot of other famous roles, including Rei from Evangelion. Uh, in Love Hina, she was Haruka Urashima, who's Keitaro's aunt. Uh, did any of you guys ever watch that? Uh, I remember it. I, I, watched, remember I read the manga. Yeah, I read the manga. The manga's really good. From what I've seen of the from what I've seen of the series, it doesn't look as good and also doesn't follow exactly. Uh, in Ranma Half, uh, she was the young version of Ranma and the female version of Ranma. Oh. In uh, Cowboy Bebop, she was Faye. In Slayers, she was Lena Inverse. Oh, in Detective wow. Conan, she was Ai, Ai Haraba, who I don't know because I don't know Detective Conan super well. In Pokemon, she was Jesse and Pidgeotto. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I, like, I always forget like people have to voice the Pokemon. Like. Yeah. They don't just get animals. <laughs> Okay, our next voice actor is for Keiko. Um, her Japanese VA is Yuri Amano. Her real name is, and as well as her former stage name, is Tomoko Yoshikawa. Um, she's best known for playing um, Kione Makibi in Tenshi Muyo, and also Asako Nakamura, Ushio, and Taro Tora. And then Lorelei, I always I Lorelei, Lorelei, Lorelei yeah. in Saber Marinette J series, and then Ibuki from Street Fighter Three. Um, yeah, and then for the English job, Keiko's voiced by Laura Bailey. Um, Bailey basically got into acting after watching Dawson's Creek, and they interviewed <laughs> a live. Paul. She was there for the the recording of Dawson's Creek. Oh, that makes yeah. it like everyone's watched Dawson's Creek. <laughs> We all got into acting. Yeah. After watching, after they, when they interviewed Katie Holmes, she attended theater school at Collins County Community College in Plano, in Plano, Texas, where she participated in productions. I don't know why that note is there. That's too much. A lot of, like, different, like, different plays. Yeah. Um, And so at one of these plays, she was essentially scouted. uh, scouted by Kent Williams, who asked her to audition for Funimation, um, which was working on Dragon Ball Z at the time. Her first major role in Dragon Ball Z was Kid Trunks, and so she hmm. had to voice him with a raspy voice. Um, she also went on to be the starring character of 
um, Marlene Angel and Blue Gender, which was the first project that Funimation did outside of Dragon Ball. And she also went on to do Yu Hakusho's Keiko, as we know, which ran on Cartoon Network. So she's done roles. Um, she's also did Kid Dende in Dragon Ball Z. She was Toru Honda in Fruits Basket. Yeah. Lesson Fona Alchemist. So yeah. good, good, good girl to bad girl. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she's very... She's a pretty good player. She's very versatile. She's done. Um, oh, yeah. She was. She was uh, Shin Chan in the in the in the in the English version. She's the main <laughs> character, um, which was actually one of my favorite roles that she's done. <laughs> she's hilarious, and she was Maka Albarn in Soul Eater. Um, she's done a ton of voice um, voice acting roles in video games, um, like Jaina. Proudmore in the World of Warcraft. Who I think is like a pretty big character. Uh, yeah. Rain in the Blood Rain yeah. franchise. Chun-Li. She's US Chun-Li, which... Oh. She's a good voice actress. I just wish they didn't dub anyone from Street Fighter. Yeah. Um, we say Kujikawa in Persona 4, which mm-hmm. I'm going to play. And then Blaze Blaze the, the Cat. cat. <laughs> yeah, in Sonic. Cool. And I think now she's moved on from animation and... Primarily does now voice acting roles for video games and yeah. cartoons. So oh, yeah. um, I, when I last checked her um, for roles, she hasn't really done much anime in the past yeah. few years. So I've, she, oh, I've sorry. Heard, sorry, I've heard voice video voice acting is like not the best video game voice acting because like you have to oh, do yeah. the same like yelling a lot of times. Oh yeah, yeah. character screaming oh, like, like it's over rough. and over and wasn't, over again. Wasn't she in the one of the Final Fantasies? Right. Maybe. Um, so there, there was actually a major strike by the Screen Actors Guild against video games, where they wanted to renegotiate contracts like mm-hmm. a year or two ago, okay. and it had to do with like people just fucking up their voices because like the way that you do video game voice acting is I won't say more difficult in the sense of like it takes more skill, but it does take more of a toll on your fucking throat because you're making a lot of ah noises repeatedly. Yeah, like that can't be. That can't be easy. No. Yeah. So let's just fly through um, what remains. There's less narrative here. Um, there's Jerry Joel, who's a Funimation voice actor. He sings the ending, number four. So listen to it. He has a very <laughs> nice voice. <laughs> there, He's also voiced Jimmy Kodo, Case Close. He voices Kyo from Fruit Baskets. Barry the Chopper and Full Metal Alchemist. Russia from Natalia. Leon Vestia and Fairy Tale. Victor and Nikil... Nikiforo. Yes, and Yuri on Ice and Atsuno as well. And Nam in Dragon Ball. Doing a little Indian accent there, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Did we say who he voiced in Hawk Show? Jerry Joel. He voiced Oh, fuck. Jin. Yeah, he, yeah, he was uh, Jin. Sorry. <laughs> Wait, which one's Jin again? Sorry. He's the, the redhead. He's the redhead. Oh, with the Scottish when, accent? Irish. Yeah. Irish. He's so, the wing guy. Yeah, so Yo Inoue was Shorn and Rando, and in a really interesting twist, it uh, seems they play a lot of transforming characters, like some others, but they played uh, Bakura in Yu-Gi-Oh! Mm. Another transformer. <laughs> Bill Townsley, he voiced um, Elder Trigoro in Yu Hawk Show, but he was also uh, Scar, and from, Scar's brother from the first 2003 series. Oh, okay. And Gildo in 
Sumfrey's a henchman in Dragon Ball Z. Um, Cynthia Kranz is mm. the voice actor for Botan. Oh. Um, so she got her for her role as Chi Chi in Dragon Ball Z, okay. and eventually worked with uh, went with Christopher Sabat um, at Okotron uh, Five Thousand. She's done other roles in Dragon Ball Z, like Mrs. Brief in Baby Broly, and then in Malcolm's Brotherhood, she's Kamiya. And I'm, she voices Botan. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm, yeah. And, um... Botan feels like, what if Chi-Chi's voice was more fun? Yeah, what if Chi-Chi had a slight British accent? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like she's done other roles as well. She was in One Piece. She was Princess of Edie. And she's the mom in Crayon Shinshine as well. Really? Yeah. (laughs) So, if you ever... I know some of y'all on the Yu Show page like to ship Karama and Botan in trash... He ain't Botan, but guess what? It's more realistic to ship He ain't Botan because there's voice actors who are a main couple in another anime. So, <laughs> and, I, was, I thought you were going to say, like, one was the mom and one was Shin-Chan. <laughs> That'd be great. But anyway, yes. So Damien Clark, uh, who played Tuguro the Younger, and Soketsu, who is one of Ryzen's friends. I won't explain what that means. Mm-hmm. He, uh, was Handsome Jack in Borderlands. Oh. In live TV, he was on Graceland, 24, Castle, Supernatural, and Prison Break. Is he, like, the one, like, off, like, I need help character? <laughs> I, I don't fucking know. And he starred in How to Be a Serial Killer, which was an independent movie uh, that won a decent amount of awards, actually. Huh. His other voices in anime, uh, Cell, Future Gohan. <laughs> How ironic is that now that I think about that? Uh, <laughs> yeah. South Kai, Gohan's Science Professor, <laughs> and Paragus, the father of Broly. Uh... We already said he was Scar. Uh, in Dragon Ball, he was Tambourine, Bora, the Bear Thief, and the Tiger Bandit. I don't know who the fuck those are. I don't know any of those uh, Eric Vale, voice actor, ADR director, and scriptwriter. Uh, stage name of Eric Johnson. I don't know why. Why he Eric Vale sounds so much cooler? Like, Maybe that's why. Well, Eric, Eric Johnson's his real name. Oh, Eric. Oh, yeah. oh. Eric stage yeah. name. Oh, okay, I thought he switched it around. Yeah. He was like, I'm Eric so Johnson. So he played. Sakyo and, and Rando. And Rando. Oh, didn't he also do Toya or is that someone else? You know, he might he might have I I might have accidentally truncated this list. Um, so outside of Yuhaku Show, he was Trunks. Um, so first appearing as Future Trunks and then later on as regular Trunks. And he was also the tournament announcer. He was Fruits Yuki in Fruits Basket. Oh. He's Sanji in One Piece, Loki in Fairy Tale. He is Phoenix Wright in Ace Attorney. Oh. Damn. Canada and America in Hitalia. It's fitting those two have the same and voice he's actor. Tomura <laughs> Shiragaki in My Hero Academia. And he's Solf Jake Himley in Fullmetal Alchemist. The explosion dude. So oh. he, I feel like with him, he tends to go for a lot of like either very suave characters or kind of like uh, cuckoo for Kokodas. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> like more like Tur- Shiragaki and Kimberly. <laughs> so uh, Norio Wakamoto uh, was, what the fuck was he in New York Show? Did I not write this down? Oh, I'm gonna say he's Sakyo, because I don't actually. <laughs> someone look at, I, I'm guessing he was Sakyo, but just look it up real quick. While they're looking that up, I'll just mention a bit about him. He was originally a riot cop in the 60s in Japan. Wow. Now he plays scary dudes and villains. Uh, he was a character, he was Oscar von Rosenthal in uh, Legend of the Galactic Heroes. He was Charles Z. Britannia in Code Geass. 
He was Black Shadow in F-Zero GP Legend, a.k.a. the main villain. Mm. He was Odu no- Nobunaga in Sengoku Basara, a.k.a. the main villain of oh. actual Japanese history. Uh, he was Cell in Dragon Ball Z, Count Dracula in a bunch of Castlevania games, Dio in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure drama CDs, and uh, yeah, he apparently also had some comedic roles such as uh, Mekazawa in Cromartie High School. Yeah, he is the voice of Chu. Oh, oh, and Goki, oh, what a and Goki. Inter- yeah, dude, that guy. Interesting roles there. It's weird that Chu would be played by a cop. Oh my god, I'm looking at his Wikipedia list of how much anime he's done. It's holy crap long. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Kent Williams. Uh, I don't. I'm pretty. Sh- I'm like 95 percent sure he's George. <laughs> oh, okay. He was Doctor Duro in Dragon Ball Z, Mercenary Tao in Dragon Ball. Father and narrator in Fullmetal Alchemist Brotherhood, and initial D, a, in initial D, he was uh, Takumi's father. Uh, so yes, he is Chu and George in the English anime and yeah. the narrator. Um, so, oh wow! Um, yeah. Okay, we're almost we have, done. We have a we're ton. Almost, oh fuck! Oh, we have so many. Well, let's, do you want to skip to people who are you guys think are most prominent? Yeah, yeah. so we might just skip around to people that we you probably have heard of. Oh, before. so y- younger Tagoro's right there. So Tesho Genda, younger Tagoro, uh, he was apparently a, a ballet dancer at some point, so he was referred to as Pirouette Genda by his co voice actors, and uh, he apparently did a ton of people in Gachaman, which is like an old anime from like the seventies. He was Superman in Dr. Slump. Superman is effectively a parody of Superman. He does the Japanese dub of Kratos from God of War. He's <laughs> boy. Op- he's fucking... Op- boy. Uh, he's fucking Optimus Prime. He is Tigger in Winnie the Pooh. This is a range. Yeah. And he is Kurama the Fox in Naruto. Wow. Interesting. One is not like the other. One is... Okay, so this is really fast. Katsumi Suzuki, Elder Tagoro in the Japanese version, also the voice of Diddy Kong since 2003. <laughs> <laughs> He's a monkey and a guy who sits on people's uh, shoulders. <laughs> oh, Vic Magnaka. Oh yeah. So this is he has a very insignificant, more like less prominent roles in Yuhaka show, but he's a Ura Yoroshima as well as Bui. Who sound nothing alike. <laughs> sound nothing alike. So he was also a police officer. Oh, was he really? No idea. Yeah. So he, in the early 90s, he taught film, video production in an art institute of Houston and competed in a Star Search in 1993. What did he do in Star Search? Uh, he sang, yeah. Okay. So Star Search was American Idol for the 90s. And but like it was more, it was like a talent show. Yeah, talent, yeah. Right? Okay. Uh, so he got his debut as Vega in the Street Fighter 2 anime. Um, his roles included Edward Ellert from the Full Metal Alchemist series, which he won the American Anime Award for Best Actor in 2007. He was Rolly in the Dragon Ball films. He was Nagato um, Obito Chiha in Naruto Shippuden and Ikaku Madarame in Bleach. And Matt Ishida in Dragon Ball Adventure In Digimon Adventure Try. And he was the voice of E. What do you Omega in Sonic the Hedgehog series. That's a robot that no one cares about. <laughs> he was also um, from Oran High School Host Club. I think he was um, Takumi or whatever his Yeah, he's a... Uh, t- the Tamaki. Tamaki, yeah. yeah so. Okay. Well, at conventions, girls go nuts over him. Like, he's the actual anime character. Right? <sighs> Yeah, he is. He has he's a nice. 
nice. He's a really nice guy. It's interesting how voice actors in America have their own, like, fan bases. I know it's similar to Japan, too, especially since within the industry, I guess, especially back in, like, the 90s and early 2000s, you would just hear the voices over and over again. And because it built up familiarity, they've had their own fan bases, which was used as a sort of, like, attraction and advertisements for new animes that mm. these recording studios would dub. Could you could you scroll up just a little bit? Um, mm-hmm. So, Ryo Horikawa, uh, back down, he played Ka- Katarsu. Not really that interesting, except that he was fucking Vegeta in Dragon Ball in Japan. Oh. He's also young Kenshiro from Hokuto no Ken, so like two of the biggest characters in any anime ever. Wow. And uh, he's Captain Falcon in Super Smash Bros. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so, cool. just imagine him saying, Yes! <laughs> or show me your moves! Uh, last person, Ai Orikasa. Could you look up who she played in Yu Hakusho? But she was Jessica Rabbit in the Japanese version of Roger Rabbit, and Ryoko in Tenchi Muyo, and Katara Barba winner in Gundam Wing. I think that's the only reason I included her, because I don't think she was a major Yu Hakusho character. I feel like, let's double check, she was Koto. Yeah, okay. So and she's, Chizuru. Okay, yeah, so oh. she's pretty awesome, but her, she's more interesting for having been Jessica Rabbit. Yeah. So she has, like, that seductive older voice. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. That's oh, it. That would explain the Ryoko yeah. thing, too. So yeah, it's really interesting. I didn't realize that, how colorful all these resumes for the voice actors that were involved mm-hmm. in Yu Hakusho That's are. why I wanted to have this episode, just because I was like, man, there are some, like, really standout, interesting things people have done here, and I really wanted to highlight that in at least one episode. Yeah. It's also interesting, you know, like, some of these guys had, like, lives that weren't voice acting related fucking like, like cops and shit cop it's like wow like, fuck dog yeah. and you think about like the how long their careers have been like Yu Hakusho is probably one of the first roles that a lot of these people have done for the yeah. US the it Japanese is. people they were like yeah. in the middle of their careers yeah. Yeah. they're like oh it's another yeah, role they're the contrast they're yeah. significantly the Japanese cast is I mean they did this 10 years earlier but they yeah. are also significantly older yeah. than when the so like Justin Cook is I think I looked it up 36 now yeah. So oh, he's not actually young. that old. Like, he's younger than I thought. Yeah, he's younger than I he's thought he really, would be. I, because no, he has to be older than that, because that would have made him, like, 18 when Yu Hakusho was being made. I think According to Wikipedia. Early 40s. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I think it's around there, but slightly older. No, that would make sense. What's... Oh, yeah, no, no. I mean, he'd be, like, 20. Maybe he just didn't go to... Yeah, no, I I wouldn't be surprised if he's like 38. He is 36. Fuck, dude. Dude was directing Yu Hakusho at 18. Wow. Which makes sense because like the anime industry wasn't as bumped up as it was. That's cool. That's crazy. I mean, crazy. so I guess he technically like as huh. long as you have the talent and the know-how. Yeah, it it's makes, Texas. I have a, that's true, and you know, makes sense because Yusuke does sound very young. He doesn't sound like an old. Yeah, well, I, yeah, he really he, he really was, was actually young. Yeah, that's it. weird. That's cool. That's awesome, actually. I wonder if, like, the Wikipedia is accurate, though, too, because, like, it could be, like, a typo. Like, oh, we met 76. (laughs) That's when he was born. Okay, well, uh, that's it for the episode. Uh, Thank you so much for listening to the Yu Hawk Show. Your support means all three worlds, human, demon, and spirit, to us. I did it right for once. Please hit us up with questions, requests, or just to chat out our Facebook at The Yu Hawk Show uh, with two O's or our Twitter at The Yu Hawk Show. Uh, I think it's slightly misspelled on here, but yeah. <laughs> Tune in for the next episode where we get to see the final round of the Dark Tournament, Toguro vs. Yusuke. See y'all there. Bye! <laughs>
Oh. Like, if I wanted to watch it, and she, like, doesn't, like, Power. want to go out. So I'm like, oh, oh, yeah. Well, like, I guess if you want to watch it, we'll watch it. Any other person, I'd be like, no, you go on your own. I love escape rooms. I don't know how I feel about, uh, I hear trying to make a horror movie out of it. It's, I hear it's, like it's in- entertaining. Oh, And that it looks, the, the actual, like, uh, effects and wow. how everything's staged. Like, it's works. really cool. Like, right. how okay. they do the puzzles. Like, okay. if anything, it'll be entertaining. Yeah, because so. like, I like doing escape rooms. I like watching one unfold. So it's better than just some trash like, horror movie. Yeah. yeah. I can't watch any of those, like, was this Detective Pikachu? I think Professor. Oh, Professor Pikachu. Yeah, I got it. For Tony at the um, Pokemon Cafe. Oh, this is so cute. How how do you guys feel about um? Oh my god. Detective. So <laughs> should have been Danny DeVito voicing Pikachu. Oh, just to fit that good. meme. That would have been. Oh, whatever you want. Yeah. Okay. Sweet sixteen. Hello. Hello and welcome to the sixteenth episode of the UU Hawker Show. Uh, this is Megan. Hey, I'm Joe. This is Hannah. And this is Sarah. All right. And last time we discussed how Kurama and Hiei took on the first on the first two formidable members of the team Toguro. Kurama managed to kill Kurosu. Kur- 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 <laughs> 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 That's why I don't do the intro. <laughs> so, okay, I, I can restart it. All right, go Because I wrote this. I don't. I, I'm not I editing any of this. Okay. Oh, great. <laughs> uh, take so, two. Take two. One. 